0: Carrying huge pace, look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lord's. Rain so close. Getting the last step down, the crowd is roaring. He is gonna do it, he's gonna smash the time oh. Oh,
1: Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling.
0: I've always taken my health very seriously, but I must admit, it's very tough to have a balanced diet every single day, especially when I'm traveling and on the road a lot. Then I found Athletic Greens. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. So what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I've never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. What a mission. So this is the perfect all-in-one solution. With one scoop of AG1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, And adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, all while still tasting good. What I find is it's beyond easy to use and that's definitely what I need. All you need to do is mix one scoop of AG1 with water and take it first thing in the morning. After a long flight or travel, it is a must for me too. It's that simple. They also make travel packs, which I like to take on the road and to events. I notice a big difference when I include AG1 into my routine. I feel more focused and energized to get my day going. I seem to be more alert as well. Let's all be honest. We all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy, which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality recovery mental clarity and alertness now I don't care what you do I think we can all agree this is super important AG1 is trusted by many professional athletes and health experts to make trying it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle again That is athleticgreens.com forward slash movingtheneedle to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'll link it in the show notes as well. All right, how's it? Welcome, sports fans. This is Moving the Needle podcast. I'll be your host, Andrew Nietling. but hopefully you've listened to a few. And if you haven't and you're new to it, I'm sure we're going to have a fun episode this week. I've got none other that a slopestyle and free ride star, not in the making because he's just come off a third at the Crankworks World Tour in New Zealand, which was awesome to see. It's pretty cutthroat at the top of that sport. And uh, he's made his way to South Africa for Darkfest. So we're sitting down as it stands before the event, but you might have seen some crazy stuff from him. It's Tom Eisted. How are we doing? Good, mate. You? Yeah. Well, I can't complain. I'm pretty honored to have you uh, in person. All these podcasts are normally done pretty virtually because you guys are all around the world traveling, but you've decided to come in early, have, yeah. a little, have a little golf before you get into the madness of a
1: Dark Fest week. Yeah, it would be nice to come have a little calm couple of days before the madness of Dark Fest, so yeah, a couple of rounds of golf, couldn't be uh, avoided, they should say, I've avoided it the last two years, so I had to come in and get some golf in for sure.
0: What's up with that? There's quite a few guys that seem like once I stopped racing on the circuit, have now seriously kind of taken it up to maybe get their minds off things, or when there's a because there's sometimes a bit of downtime at these events.
1: Yeah, you usually get a couple of days of like bad weather or like you don't want to ride every day. So if you can go get around a round of golfing, which isn't that labour intensive, you're still doing something. So just sat in the hotel room bored. So round a golf or driving range, it's just activity, you're not gonna kill your body. Yeah,
0: it must be pretty tough for you guys to stay sort of mentally motivated through a week of of slope style practice, and then you know the main events. Like you guys get quite a lot of practice if the weather is good.
1: Yeah, so we get usually from if the comps on Saturday or Sunday, we'll have from Tuesday or Wednesday practice. So we get two practices every day, morning and an evening session. So, but if the weather, not even if it's raining, if it's just really windy. We're not going to be on course, so we can get a good round of golf in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. you Music to my ears, but maybe not to all the
0: bike fans. Not all of them play golf, but yeah, a lot of racers are doing. I saw Jackson Goldton, he's into it. The late Stevie Smith, we were having a few mm. rounds. I've dragged Brendan on the course. He obviously doesn't play, but he's yeah. Like, yeah, it's something different. And like, and-
1: like the, All the judges all play, like Chopper, Anton. Uh, so I play, when I'm on tour, I play with Max Fredrickson. Pretty much every, every crank work stop. A few of the boys are starting to get into it. They're a bit slow to the game, but it's quite fun. I
0: think, you know, sometimes if you're doing this year in and year out, you go to the same venues and it becomes a bit mundane. It's a great career, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you've got that other thing of like, oh, where's the nearest course? That's like a bit of excitement because it's so new to you guys, right?
1: Yeah, and it just kills a kills day. It's the main thing. Especially when you go to places like, we go to Rotorua every year and some of the boys have been there for 10 years and it's just like, okay, yeah, i mean Rotorua, it's nice, but... want to do something. Let's not do all the touristy stuff, which you've done five times already.
0: True. And if you're not doing touristy stuff or you're not golfing, then you're in your own head. If if it's Thursday and it's a rain day, you've still got two days to get to
1: the comp. And you just sat in the hotel room, which is just boring. Just Just watching YouTube and Netflix or something. It's just like, oh, we'll go out and play. But um golf. this is a cool
0: time to have a chat because you've been working your tail off, and I've seen you performing a dark fest and all these events and the work that goes in, and it seems to finally properly paid off. Like to get a podium at a crankwork slopestyle these days, there's kind of only two spot, sometimes only one spot, because if Emil does his run, yeah, so it's it, hard to beat him. And yeah. Nikolai's, you know, when he was at the height of his runs, if he landed his
1: run, there's. Six guys in that field that could be on the podium every every stop, like Tim Bringer is a force to be reckoned with. Lemoyne obviously, can always get a podium, but it is hard to get Emil off that top spot. Obviously, he's had 10 wins now of Crankworks. and the only one he didn't win was because he crashed, and then he opened the door for everyone else, and then the riding level went through the roof. So, yeah, it's a hard one. He is... Definitely a force we reckon with, and he deserves every win he's got. But it does get a bit tedious, just watching Emil win every time.
0: Yeah, it's just less chance, right? There's yeah. only so even, three spots to sort of, you know...
1: Yeah, it's not even less chance, it's just he's on a he's playing a different sport. Is it? It's just he doesn't even seem like he's trying, it's just annoying. But
0: so what's that like as these athletes, to know that there's a guy that, from God-given talent and work and just so natural it looks he obviously works his tail off um, like you guys do
1: he definitely works yeah he spends a lot of time in the foam pit and riding and just training and doing tricks that we wouldn't even think of want or even want to try and do so half his runs opposite so it just but it boggles our minds when he's doing like opposite three double down whips and like just doesn't like we have to sit after a run and go, what was opposite? What was regular? So I don't even want to well, know. Well, you what is,
0: it, as writers. Yeah,
1: we're still like, like, what's...
0: Okay, what's a good way to educate people on that? Because there's like a lame way to do it. Like, oh, grab a tennis ball, throw in your left yeah. hand. You look like it. Well, try and, tip. Try and, write but... your,
1: try and write your signature with your opposite hand.
0: Or brush your teeth with or, your opposite yeah, hand. Oh, yeah, it
1: just doesn't work. You don't want
0: to do it. No,
1: right? it just feels wrong. Or wipe your ass. That's quite fun to try and do with your left hand sometimes.
0: Oh, is it? I haven't tried that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just doesn't, it's just not natural and he just doesn't, it like, it almost is to the point now that he doesn't have an unnatural direction, it all just He's is. ambidextrous yeah, it on just a bike, works. which
0: is ridiculous. Yeah. There's one thing, kicking a football with your other foot and and training that, it's one type of movement, but now if you're doing 360s with tail and your feet are in, also in
1: weird positions to kick. Yeah, and catch and everything, it just... He's, he's It's interesting
0: to hear it from you guys because, you know, I've been in the broadcast or at the finish and, and I've seen the sport progress. And for me as well, it's really complicated to understand. I mean, I can understand opposite. I know which way his feet are. Like, yeah. you know, if your feet are left foot forward, you normally technically spin to the right. That would be natural, right? Yeah. So now he's spinning to the left. And it's tough to sometimes spot because it's so smooth.
1: Yeah, so smooth. And he does it effortless which is the thing that's like, even to people watching on the outside, they don't understand. I've had people go, why did he win? He didn't seem like he did a lot. But it's like, if you actually watch it and I can explain it to you, it doesn't make sense. And Semenek was doing that as be, well, right? I definitely wouldn't want to be a, um, a judge, put it that way. No. I don't. Semenek was doing a few bits. So what was Semenek
0: doing better back in the day then?
1: It wasn't even that he was doing, like the level, if Semenek came back now, not saying anything against Semenek, but I don't think he would beat Emil.
0: Like, uh, th- I asked Lemoyne that, and we were trying to figure it out, you know. Like he progressed it, then Eda progressed it, and yeah. now Emil's progressed. It's like it's how everything works in yeah. life, I, right?
1: I, like I definitely, if Seminek decided to come back because he's got the special rule as well, because he's won a Joyride in the Crankworks ruling. If you won Joyride, you can enter any Crankworks. So like him, Brett can any time walk back in and just do slopestyle again if they wanted to. Um, and I think then Emil will go, ooh, Okay, but Emil's such a competitor and his mindset is so strong that he'd be like, okay, I'm just going to do my thing and not worry about them and would still probably destroy it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too far on the meal train, even though he deserves beyond all our respect. Um, he does seem to withstand like the mental pressure of landing these clean runs. Mm. They can't be that easy for him. It's not oh, like no. he's riding at 80%, you know, Like, but he's able... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, maybe he is. <laughs> But he seems to run, land a lot of these runs clean, where Gatton, he has a totally different strategy, right? Yeah. These tricks that he's throwing, they're not, they can't be that consistent ever, really.
1: Most of the stuff Nikolai does is pretty consistent. Is it? There's a lot of things I've seen him do, like twisters on like six foot jump boxes and like stuff he can do, he's got it dialed. But it's just, you don't know whether he's going to get to the bottom of the hill or not. He could explode at any point, or he's going to land a run that blows your mind. Yeah. Like he was bummed in right row because he didn't get to just even try to do a double front flip. Like who wants to try a double front flip?
0: He certainly does seem pretty motivated, <laughs> yeah. does not he? He's it's so jazzed. Like I said, we you know, this is cool because there's been like an episode by now Lemoyne would have dropped and it's cool to get into the heads of you guys and and seeing like Regatkin and the energy and stuff. But I want to understand, like, for you, and we know all these guys, like, they've, like you just said, Samny's got these exemptions. He can ride whenever. But for you, the path into slopestyle is not simple and not easy, even if you deserve to be there. No, it's like, not. What it's... was the path like for you to get to consistently be able to even compete at the highest level? Because you said there's f- about 14 spots now. So
1: there's 14 riders that are guaranteed in. Then they bring two alternates in case people crash. And I was one of the alternate guys for, I think... Quite a for, while. Eh? For like four years. And I managed to sneak into quite a few of the events that people someone would pull out or something would happen and I'll get in. So you have um, to fly there knowing
0: you might not even complain. Yeah,
1: but then you're at crankwork so you go and do one of the other events, go do speed and style or pump track or something else. And it's still you're not like you're in bad parts of the world, going to like Innsbruck and Whistler, it's like you can't really complain too much. But it obviously is nice when you're in the contest and you're not stressing. But that was one thing that I quite enjoyed being the alternate guys. I didn't have any pressure. Going into the event, so I'd go, okay, cool. I'm just going to go ride this sick course and hang out with my mates. And then usually it would be the morning of the contest where I've just been cruising, having fun, no stress at all, still doing all my tricks. And plan to run? Kind of, you kind of plan a run, but just be not stressing about it. And then the morning of, oh, someone's pulled out, you're in. Oh, okay, cool, sweet. I've, got no, I've gone, to, gone to bed the night before. You weren't not, meant to be in the no. comp,
0: so you've got no expectations. No, expectations. And no one cares. No one should even expect you to do well because no. you weren't. Meant to be in the car, no, yeah, but, that's pretty interesting.
1: But then you, the best thing is you'll go to sleep the night before, not sitting in your room just going, What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Well, am I going to do that? I'm going to do this. No, you okay, cool. I'm not iron tomorrow. Cool, sweet. Send the, the world. Then, morning of oh, cool.
0: And now's the complete opposite. You bet probably can't no, sleep uh, that well the night before. You're getting used well, to
1: it. Luckily, because I've been comp- competing, I was doing like BMX events before, I was doing mountain bike events, so I've been competing for the best part of 10 years now. I'm kind of used to the the comp scene so it's I don't really get that stressed the only point that I get nervous now is when I walk up the steps to sit when they put a the camera in your face that's the only point that I get nervous now. really yeah actually as I walk up the steps to sit down for my run I'm completely fine up until that point so 10 years of
0: competing that I guess we forget that because you're newish to mum biking mm. right so I'm like, only for competing, you you yeah. don't feel nervous in competition and the limelight you've been doing it for so long mm. then. What age did you start competing properly, would you
1: say? So my first like proper comp, I was at 18. That was a BMX event called NAS Festival back in the oh, UK. I've heard of it. That was yeah. a fun one, yeah. Yeah, rowdy one.
0: Rowdy, like proper festival. Was yeah. there
1: music? Full, yeah, full music festival with just a bit of biking on the side. Yeah, that's
0: how it should be. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fun. That's
1: cool. So I was doing that and then I was started to go to some of the fees events as well in Montpellier when there's like generally half a million people probably sat on the sidelines watching you. It's the point that there's that many people you can't... You don't really get the scale of it because it just looks like colour and noise. So you don't really get affected by it too much. But yeah, so you come to the, the matter events and I've been doing it for so long, it's not too bad now. How'd you get into
0: BMX then? That's like, just what I grew up doing. Yeah, but is it a yeah. local skate park? Yeah, just as a skate park. Brothers, like how do you get into competitive BMX?
1: Well, my both my brothers... Didn't have any interest in biking, really. It was just all the local lads I used to hang out with were riding or skateboarding or doing something at the skate park. So I was skateboarding for a little bit and I jumped on a bike and didn't really look back from there. But I literally lived 100 metres from a skate park. It was shocking and tiny and rubbish, but it was the main thing that I rode. And then I had one of the main line, train lines, the one that came from London down to Penzance. So I used to just jump on the train and head down further into Cornwall where i live and ride all the... Insane bowls and dirt jumps and stuff we had down, down further west.
0: It kept you out of trouble, you reckon? Oh, definitely. Because there's like a lot of those stories. Like if you don't get into something that you feel like doing on the weekends or the weeks, then you're bored sitting at home causing shit. Really? Oh, right? it's
1: still cause shit, but just, yeah, but just do you it cause it in a bit else. less because <laughs> yeah.
0: you know you've got this like carrot dangling. And then yeah. at what point did you think you could make something of it in, say BMX at that time? Like, do you remember like that turning point?
1: uh the turning point where i thought i might get something out of it is when i got the phone call that i was gonna get sponsored by mongoose so that was my first ever well no my second ever proper sponsor was mongoose bikes i got phone calls like do you want to join the uk flow was like the flow team but they gave me a small travel budget so i could go to all the big comps and big events thanks to mark noble legend um
0: and how, does that phone call go exactly
1: how you just said? Like, yeah, the phone rings
0: and he's like, I'm Mark Noble from Mongoose yeah. or running I know
1: team. It wasn't Mark, was Mark Noble, what's his name? It was Chris. Oh, I completely blanked on his name now.
0: Alright, oh, you're going to have to send him a handwritten yeah, note. Yeah, I'm
1: going to say, sorry, I'm pretty sure it's Chris. I can't, oh, can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's been 10 years.
0: But what is the phone call like? Is it, it honestly about, that was, random? Like, so I was...
1: I was sponsored by a company, a BMX shop called Life of BMX, which was a really small, like, rider-run bike shop. And the guy now is on national TV, working with, like, Holly Willoughby and all the big big stars on Good Morning Breakfast and stuff. Quite random, but... So he was, like, we wanted to support you and give you trade prices on all parts, which was, when I was breaking stuff left, right and centre, it was amazing for me. And then he got me a potential deal with another company bike brand, it was a quite a small company and now that was almost going through. And then I got the phone call from Mongoose and I like m- like didn't agree to it straight away. Rang him and said, I've been offered this from Mongoose, I can't not take it. And he's like 100 percent take it. Like the guy won't be upset. He'll understand that it's such an opportunity. So I jumped on that bandwagon, and did that for five, five and a bit years I was on Mongoose. And then I like progressed from the flow team onto the pro team. I went on trips with like Ken Peraza and Pat Casey and Ben Wallace and like yeah, the big... yeah I know the, all those names the big all dogs. the big dogs, yeah. Yeah. All, the the big, big yeah. dogs. all the still big dogs all really yeah so I got to go trips like to Costa Rica and stuff and do riding trips there which is was, it full, like those
0: filming trips or some of the videos I yeah, yeah. rather watch
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah it was insane to be able to hang out with those boys for like ten days straight and just ride and watch them just playing on like a curb and it's just like tricks that you wouldn't even fathom doing
0: I remember watching Road Fools like those sort of mm. movies that's before that time but. Um, yeah that was you know before there was like free ride mountain biking or like slope style mm. proper stuff you know that's i think a lot of mountain bikers got inspiration
1: from that mm. but then yeah a lot of inspiration from well we at the end of what I was doing we could tell that we were starting to look at mountain bike stuff because the progression in mountain bike was getting as good or if not further than BMX because BMX even the olympic stuff still the jump boxes are all still Six, they might have just gone to seven-foot tall lips, so they have never really got any bigger. They kind of got to a set size and stayed there. That's why I got kind of a bit bored of, one, going to the same skate park, to wear the same stuff all the time, and nothing got any bigger, unless you wanted to go wide a mega ramp. Then you go from a six-foot jump box to a 60-foot jump, like, box. It's just a bit ridiculous step up, and that jump is... Terrifying, is so rode, it? Yeah, I rode the one in Wood- the one Wood- that was an X
0: Games. Yeah,
1: so I rode the one at Woodward West, I think it was. Yeah, and like just rolling down the landing into the quarter pipe was terrifying, and the quarter pipe's that tall, you can't pump it like you would a normal ramp. You just have to go like stiff arm, stiff leg, and just G out, and then just take off, or you just you'll just buckle. But how high did you go out of that quarter? pipe? Well, the quarter pipe's twenty two feet tall, and I went like three feet. <laughs>
0: out of it yeah but it, feel, it's but it, but it feels like yeah. it's 25 foot in the air because yeah,
1: yeah. you are yeah there's only half a foot of vert on a 22 foot tall ramp which a normal vert ramp for like skateboarding bmx is what do they do i think it's 12 foot tall and it's got a foot of vert so that's double double the size of a normal vert ramp it's just obscenely big
0: i watched that crash of that crazy guy that
1: Oh, the skateboarder flew out of it, yeah, and then he oh, lost his shoe on it, the landing. I think it was like, I think it was Jake Brown, I think the yes. guy he was called. That was yeah. H- horrific, yeah. He hardly didn't die, it's like beyond me, yeah. Then you watch football, uh, soccer players get kicked in the shin and roll around the floor for half an hour,
0: yeah. That's boggles my
1: mind. <laughs> I'm not a football
0: fan, but even if I was, I'd be like, how did they not sort that shit out? It fucking just looks stupid, makes them all look stupid, and then they get paid gazillion, oh, gazillion pounds yeah. a week, they have to do their salaries in, in weekly basis because if they gave you the monthly amount, it would be too shocking. <laughs> it's so still if, shocking. It getting... is shocking, but it's like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's quite a few million per week. Yeah. Like a little like asterisks per week.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is so, insane. But going back to the mongoose thing, is that's my main, that's my bridge into mountain biking was mongoose did a dirt jump bike and a downhill bike. Oh is it? That's how so it they, They're like, well, if you want to try them, we can send them to you. Went to my first dirt jump comp in the UK and I was competing against like Matt Jones, Tom Cardi, I think who else was there that one? Can't remember, but I was like one spot behind those boys straight away at first comp, like, oh okay, this is fun. The jumps are bigger, bikes a bit bigger, obviously, just gotta get used to it. And then I never really looked back from there. And the first big like F and B gold I went to was in Montpellier in France. And the full Mongoose mountain bike team were there. And they were like kind of, I seem to be like your ginger stepchild. And uh, I somehow managed to beat all of them at my first F&B comp. And I was like, I think I'm just going to stick at this. So I was still doing both events. I was still doing BMX and mountain bike. At the same at event? At the same so I Oh, was really? Try- juggling practices. Like I was doing my run on slopestyle when I was meant to do my run in BMX. So they had to like push my BMX run back to the very end. So I could do that and then run over and literally trying to switch between a jump bike to a BMX instantly is so difficult. That's not easy. I no. know if you
0: do it more and more, um, I can relate on different mountain bikes, but it still takes time to get the touch and feel back. And if yeah. you're doing it within a half an hour of space, that's yeah. really.
1: Probably less than that. I think it was like, I think I had 20 minutes. And I got one run of like warm up on the BMX course before I can to do my run. So it was like one run to try and get used to the balance point of where the bike is and how much smaller it is under you, which was was tricky
0: so then did your bmx results and like quality of riding suffer a bit
1: no i kind of i never really got to the point of making like finals or so i get always gets like semi-finals at fees events like the top 20 then they used to like a a cut again it'd be like top 10 only for finals so i used to always get to like semi-finals like mid-pack and then i would always drop off which is still insane because the level of bmx is obscene yeah but it just seemed, I seem to have more fun on the mountain bike stuff. The other thing that's hectic as well, for the BMX, they've changed it now. But when I was competing, there used to be like 100 men on course, all trying to ride the course and learn lines. And the people are just going backwards and forwards on the jump box court pipe, and you can't ride the course properly. So there will be like three or four of us who would just drop in and try and work out lines. And because there will be three or four in a train doing it, that people go, okay, we'll stand out of the way. It's the only way you could actually get them to. Get out of the way. Really? Yeah. It's That's like, like
0: a, a busy surf spot. Oh yeah. Where you've got to like Hectic. get priority and then you drop in. So they don't. They, they should have like more sessions or. What? They do.
1: They do that now. They do shorter sessions, so you get like an hour, but there'll be twenty-five people on course instead of four hours of hundred people. So it does work a bit better. Shit, still, man. don't what? don't miss it at all. Don't 12. miss it. <laughs> don't miss the BMX seat. No. Once Not you still. found
0: the mountain bike seat, mm. what was it about it? Like
1: just that you can go you don't, I didn't have to just go to the skate park I could go ride go ride dirt jumps and go ride downhill go ride trails just go for the trail ride like there's so much more option yeah which is just a big difference
0: and then when so when you start like focusing and thinking like okay I want to get into like this you know the Crankworx World Tour or the Elite Diamond or whatever the F&B stuff's called
1: it wasn't even that I just started well as soon as I started competing and I was doing quite well. Well, I wasn't going to say I was doing quite well. I was still... I'd always make finals at the F&B gold events. And I'd always get, like, top tens. And then I started creeping up slowly and slowly. Then I won one in Spain. And I was like, okay, I could probably get somewhere in this and really focus down, knuckle down, and sort of learning all the flat drop stuff and step down stuff, which we don't have in BMX. And then... Yeah, I managed to get a couple of alternate spots and get into the big show, and then haven't really looked back from there. And the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah.
0: Now you got to... That's your first podium, obviously, right? Uh, that's what, well, a first crank podium, crank works, yeah. In uh, yeah. That's wicked. Well, how's mm. it feel, then?
1: It's, well, to be honest, I seem to be the only one that seems to be excited to be on the podium, <laughs> what from what it seems. You did say, but those guys <laughs> have clearly been on podiums yeah, before. They're used what? to it, so they've been up there for a while. Especially like people like Emil's done ten, David Godjack's won. Like, talking about BMX and mountain bike, David Godjack still does both. And like, he podium, does too, huh? Yeah, still podiums at like X Games and then comes really? onto the mountain biking podiums at Crankworks. And yeah, he's a machine. He's a beast.
0: It was cool like when Nyquist came and did it as well. We all miss impressive. Nyquist. Yeah, he's yeah. just a good vibe. Just it? the fun. Like he's just a, a legend. Just he? a
1: legend and just acts like he's 12 and it's just he's always just funny
0: if i could have that motivation to ride a bike forever it'd be amazing you see
1: the clips he put on insta recently no like it's like 44th birthday and he like learnt 900s on bmx
0: <laughs> on a box jump no like on a, like a, so like a quarter
1: bike to a big bigger quarter bike next to it oh 900 sorry so, yeah. yeah of course yeah, just like I'm gonna learn this on my birthday at forty four. It's like Is
0: he not he's not competing? He's doing no, like coaching he is. and Olympic yeah, stuff? So what's the, his deal?
1: He's the head coach of the female Olympics. the US Olympic team. So he manages and helps and coaches all the US Olympic girls. It was a, I, last time I saw him, I said, Oh now you're doing that, you can like send like all the big american BMX guys like Nick Bruce and Daniel Sandoval really long seat post big fat post and front brake and go yeah need to work this out because they all run like brakeless and really low seats i just thought it'd be quite funny to see them on with a yeah, yeah, yeah massive seat post and front brake
0: but what <laughs> it's it's his attitude i think like posit like yeah, he's he, just it's the, infectious
1: when yeah, you're around him he he's just like positive wants to ride all the time mm. and he's been doing it for long enough that he knows when to like okay cool i'm going to chill now or I'm not going to go out partying, I'm 40, so... I I I've, was lucky enough to share a hotel with him for a couple of times at some of the fees events and just the amount of wisdom he's got is insane, like he can tell you what to do and what not to do and he's been doing it forever, so...
0: Yeah, it seems like the... Like you guys are a bunch of caged animals, like the pressure and stuff mm. you're under and then, you know, after the event it's, wow, I let loose, you know... It's a bit and like down us <clears throat> were a little bit like that, but it seems like. Well, we only you had, you a had bit four of a screw minutes, too loose to like,
1: yeah, perform you four, at your yeah. guys' level. Well, you've got four minutes for a run, we've only got 40 seconds, so it's a little bit easier, but easier for who? For us, I guess. Well, we can get away with partying in the week, and then
0: I guess so. But some speaking to some guys, like some of the runs you guys decide to do, there's quite a level of if it goes wrong, you're going to be hurt. Oh, definitely, and a downhill. The guys are pushing definitely above 100% now, but it's so calculated that I wasn't really worried about getting hurt on a downhill race. It was no. about getting a clean run. So maybe I wasn't yeah. pushing hard enough to win as many as uh, Sam Hill or Greg or something. Mm. So that's probably the other, you know, catch 22. Yeah.
1: That's the thing with, especially with downhills, just see if you get caught, your wheel goes slightly wrong in the rock garden and you're flat on your back on a load of rocks it's never going to be fun. But yeah, us, definitely. It's, but it's
0: not like I'm, like I'm going to hit this gap and it's a 30% chance I landed. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys sometimes have a trick. Would you say there's a trick that is. I don't a- think
1: anyone would do a trick in a contest run that they think they've got a 30% chance oh, of landing. It? It's, you're going to be 80% or up. True. Okay. You're not, you're not going to. And if you're going to be doing an 80% and up trick, it's going to be in your second run, not in your first run. You're going to be doing. Your first run is. I'm 95% sure I'm going to land this whole run. Yeah,
0: but don't you think that's changed now? It seems like in the beginning of Crankworx, it was a safety run and then your banger run. Someone like Rogatkin seems like he's just planned his run and he's got two chances to do it. Well, do you
1: go a little bit different? I go, I go. to be honest, the morning Motor, I knew the run I had, well, not the one that I landed, was I could do it 100%. I just needed as much speed as I could for the last jump. And then I had a run set that I could step up for my second run if I needed to, but then I would have been pushing for 100% to get it to work. Luckily, I didn't really need to do it. I knew. So
0: your first run went clean enough?
1: Yeah, but I didn't. I could have. Could have, but
0: you thought you might not get taken off first
1: even yeah. if you do it. Yeah. Is that something that goes to your head? Yeah, so the risk, risk to reward instantly is like, do I need to go and try and do something obscene off stuff that... Don't really need to when I'm in third, and it was like I think it was a five-point different gap, like gap for me to second place, and I knew what David had in the bag for his second run. If he landed it, I was like, I'm not going to touch that. There's no point in me risking it. I know it's crap for the viewers that someone just cruises down the course, but no point in me risking my life for.
0: No, I understand that. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. For the show, it's not ideal, but that's not your problem. Like no. safety is the priority. Mm. Let's watch. Let's watch your run. I want to hear like your thoughts maybe before you drop in so we're going to watch a run uh, that he's got like the hard file of for you listeners and uh, you can go to his Instagram because he's right the run's on your Instagram isn't it
1: yeah it's on my Instagram and on YouTube but yeah you've got to find like on the Ra- replay on yeah, Red TV, TV and stuff look at this we're going to keep the riders coming at you
0: right now Tom, uh, we've got awesome commentary as well so what maybe go a bit softer with that because I'm interested in, I'm interested in, like, before you drop, pause it quick. What the hell is going through your mind on the start gate? Are you just, do you remember, like, your last few thoughts? Yeah. Like what, so are you it, focusing it, on your first your trick? Full,
1: at that point, they. I think that's what they call it. They, I think they class it as the deep now is what they class it You're that focused. That you, don't, you don't even think about whatever's going on. You don't hear someone shouts, good run, or like let's see it or something, you don't hear anything like that. Yeah, don't. if I'm, I'm at just, the top stupidly focused. saying, good luck,
0: mate, you're like, yeah. it's just noise.
1: Yeah, you just fully focus on what you're doing and zoning out from anything else.
0: And are you a guy that uh, visualises the run going I well don't... before, or are you a guy that just visualised the first trick, or you've got some other way of getting into your focus?
1: It's not even that I'm focused. I've, I would have done my full run in practice, I'm not in one continuous run. I would have done section by section by section, but... I now i've got to now make sure i can link it all together so it's just you know you got to do go do it don't fuck up so
0: is there a bit of that like come let's get this yeah, like a little bit of like self-motivation yeah.
1: talk pretty much yeah just in your head going
0: i did that and down a bit i was yeah. like smooth attack smooth attack it's mm-hmm. like i want to be smooth i know i carry good speed and then the attacking is like it's your race run so don't yeah. leave anything on the course right we, yeah, have, the, like we, you, you we kind have the, of the same. Really big yourself yeah, up a bit.
1: we have the same sort of thing. But if we go, because most people you will see sometimes people get excited and they'll put an extra pedal in when they don't need to, and then for us it's like you've got to catch perfect on the backside of a jump to clear the next one. So if you put an extra pedal in and you land an extra meter, two meters down the landing, you've got so much less time for the next jump that you'll mess up the trick on the next thing because you've gone mm. too big. Well, it's also different
0: people's personality. Some people need to be maybe more psyched up because they're quite calm. And yeah. then some people, like you said, get too hyped up. So they're going to, they need to actually be even more relaxed at the top and not hype them up.
1: Yeah. So it was like, there was a, a young lad um, from Spain, uh, Miguel Guerrero. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. Sorry if I messed up. Um, he can bar spin faster than I've ever seen anyone. So he tried to do a three triple bar spin off the first flat drop and mess it up in both his runs. It's like, do you just get into crankworks, just do a double, three double bar and get a run, get a score, get some points. Because that's the hardest thing, getting into crankworks isn't so hard as it is into the Diamond Series and then just trying to keep your points so you're going to be definitely invited back for the next one. Just You sometimes need to get a run. And that
0: experience yeah, that's will what help you with like, hey, your goal is actually maybe a little, yeah. little bit longer term. Yeah, yeah,
1: go, yeah. It, go 80%, get a score, and then your second run. Do the truck? Yeah, yeah, go totally. go balls to the wall and go mad.
0: But Whereas someone like Emil, you will, you like you might you have a chance at a podium or a win. So then you can lay it on the line, knowing you've got enough points for the next event. Mm. Yeah, wicked. Let's um, this. I've enjoyed this. Like the so I went
1: for post- the, I, so I did a, a flat drop, barrel roll off the first feature, which. I think it's only me and. That's in... se-
0: that was seven, but obviously normal.
1: So slightly over rotated. So I had to go eight, ten. So a little bit further. And, and now then... I'm
0: watching him double flip the third featured mid run. Like it's jump, nothing.
1: That jump sets you up to flip. So it kind of a double flip is just easy. Are you hearing that? Double flip is easy.
0: That uh, looks gnarly. The front flip tuck for, was it off a boner?
1: Yeah. So they got the boner log. So just a flat, big flat bank with a slight drop. But because the boner log's not fight, like cause the, with a normal ramp. Your body automatically wants to start to do a flip. Yes. Because it's flat, you're not doing that. So when you throw your weight forwards, it comes around easier. Because so you're, you're, you, the takeoff isn't fighting the bike or anything, yeah. so you can get it to Is work it a little easier. Is it easy to
0: over a you front can, flip off a log?
1: You can over-rotate. I've done it before. And, well, I've got one onto my airbag at home, my training stuff, so I've practised that a lot. But it seemed to work. And then had have the spine, which I just wanted to carry speed into the step down which that I that was cool so I learnt Cork 7s the day before finals on step downs and then I had to sprint into the last jump to make sure I had speed for the twister which no is the way. I think that's, that's the sick. second one I've ever landed in a contest
0: wait hang on hang on so you learnt Cork 7s at the event
1: yeah so that I didn't have anywhere at home to practice them so I was like okay I can do I had tricks I've done on, I've done on step downs before like flip whips and stuff I was like that's not gonna work it's not gonna get the score that I'm wanting to get and I've been wanting to do it forever and luckily I went to Brett Reader's house last year and he's got everything to every setup. I won't go into what he's got at his house but I tried it there and it kind of worked onto the bag and I was like okay so I've done this six months ago and then I tried it there I crashed the first two so over-rotated the first one and literally just landed on that jump, on that that jump. Shit. so landed over-rotated like 90 degrees past and my bike and literally just slid down the landing was absolutely fine I tried it again and both tyres landed perfect but both my feet slid off the pedals knee went into the front wheel flipped over the bars big crash Um, before the medics could get to me I was already up stomping back up to the top to try it again and then landed it third go and then did it again and then managed to land it in my run looked good
0: like it was Mm. in the flow of the run like it looks like it fits
1: in the run I actually under rotate it a tiny bit so I come in about Forty five degrees under rotated, but because of the amount of momentum, my front wheel just sits down and I rolled away from it, luckily. <laughs> luckily.
0: Yeah. And then you did Twister, which is Rogatkin's. he founded that trick,
1: right? Yeah, so that was Nikolai's like golden ticket for a few years. Which like, is a
0: front flip three what is, this is, it? is a
1: front, so Fr- it? Front flip three sixty. So the rotation of it is a front flip seven twenty. Oh god. But because of the how it looks, it's a front corked ten eighty. Cause you're not really doing a front. F- you are doing a front flip, but it doesn't look like it. you're spinning more than you're.
0: So you're doing way more rotational spins than yeah. you are forward forward. Yeah. But there's a level of forward in it and a hell of a lot of spins. Yeah. Literally. I'm, I've seen it in person and I've spoken to you guys and I'm still like a little
1: bit confused. I'm confused about how it works. I just, but go, you can do it. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. It's more like I do it more from body feel. Like I, when I go off the takeoff, you have to like, even to do like a cash roll compared to a twister, you basically write a question mark up the takeoff with your front wheel. And then once your front wheel gets like 90 degrees, you throw your weight forward and it stops the whole bike and it kicks you forward for the front flip. But then you've got the rotation for the spin. Good to know. Thanks. Yeah, you try that. No. i trying that at Darkfest. No, definitely not. Oh, okay.
0: No, I'm not not on the invite list. so I won't be doing any of that oh. at Darkfest. That's a shame. But that's wicked, man. Like... Just, yeah, like you said, you seem to be the only excited one on the podium. I guess they've had quite a few podiums at that level or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean for the future? Like, it seems like a sport that kind of eats you up, spits you off quite quick, this slopestyle
1: game. Well, so I was lucky enough to get third, but there was definitely, well, three guys there that messed up their runs on the last feature that I think would have beaten me anyway. You think? So, like, Nick, if Nikolai had done a double front flip... That would have hundred percent gone in ahead of me. Like he was half a point below me on his run, that he was not happy with. So, and then there's like Tim Bringer crash on a flip. I think it was a flip double whip on the last jump, which his run before that would have beaten me. Like he's doing double flip no handers and stuff yeah. like that further up the course. So I think he would have pipped me as well. But luckily, I was did the best run I've done ever when they they messed up, so I could.
0: But I'm hearing a lot of these top guys have proper training compounds and yours maybe is not up to
1: that level well i've got I've, i think i think who i've spoken to i'm the only person apart from one other person i'm the only person with a bone log to an airbag oh you are the, the only person I'm one, like, that. there's one other guy in canada that's got one i'm the only other person just in europe that's got one to an airbag then i've got a normal jump to airbag and i've got a full slopestyle line as well so i've got Stuff. So where more... do you build all this? So I'm lucky enough that there's a place not far from my house. It's like a venture aqua park place. It's got zip lines and loads of stuff. So the guy's got a big site and he obviously he's doing all that. So he's got the most insane insurance ready. And he's got the only place in the UK for the Red Bull cliff divers to train. So he's got a 23 meter platform for cliff diving. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's obscene to watch, but he's up for doing fun stuff. And he's got, he had enough land that I wasn't affecting him if I built something, and because it's a quarry in the UK, you can tip and move mud or move material as much as you want, and they can't do anything about it. Oh, you don't need. I don't need any. Permission. Don't need any planning. Don't need anything. I literally can just build and get on with it. And he was kind enough to go. Yeah go for it i literally just put his content i put his logo on my contest charity and tag him an instagram posts and he's more than stoked to be helping me which is amazing that's cool it's nice when there's people yeah. that like have yeah. the
0: facilities that are happy to just not yeah. make money from anyone just yeah. yeah dude you're not hurting me carry yeah. on
1: yeah, yeah yeah i couldn't i can not thank will enough he's that's cool. He's been amazing
0: uh we're at the time you have to have your own compound right Yeah. or at least yeah. something pretty close to yeah. train at. it's a proper event yeah you've you got know? you've
1: got like if you want to be in, you've got to have at least an airbag set up or a phone pit set up or both. Like the stuff that the Swedes ride in, they've got the the dome I think it's a Dome adrenaline centre or something like that in Sweden. And it's got the biggest foam pit I've ever seen. It's like a 70 foot long foam pit with three different takeoffs into it. And then they've got next to that a matching foam, uh, airbag with the same takeoff so they can dial everything in absolutely perfect. It's quite the facility. So that's where Emil lives the whole winter, is in there, just...
0: Like a gymnast. Yeah. Just reps, it upon in. reps upon reps yeah. upon reps. Yeah, that it's probably why these guys get so burnt out, like your Yosemite mm. and Rita, you know. I think if you win so much, like, anything less than that, all the people, like, expect more, and you're like, well, I still did a good run, and, you know, but it must be quite tough for them, I think. If you win so much, then no one accepts anything less. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, an Iquist didn't win everything, so everyone's like, you know, he was, could win and did, but then he got to a level, like, everyone just liked seeing with the events, whether he got mm. third, fifth or first. So, he turned into, like, go on
1: longer. Ryan turned into a personality as much as a competitor as well, so like, yeah. I wouldn't, if Ryan wanted to, he could come back and get back into Diamond Series, I would have thought, quite, wouldn't take him very long to get back in. The only yeah. thing is, it takes you minimum of a year to get back in before you, you can get into diamonds because you need to do three events to get the points to yeah. be qualified unless you get a wild card which they don't give out very lightly these days
0: yeah but it just seems like it, it it's because it, it. if you want to be at the highest level it's quite it can be a little bit monotonous and mundane i know you're learning new tricks but mm-hmm. then you're going to do them hundreds thousands of times and yeah. it seems like that burnt lemoyne he wants to ride like more free ride and you know how you said in BMX, then when you found mountain biking, you're like, "Oh, this is new. This is fun."
1: Yeah, I I got like a people reset. are different. Yeah, I got a reset, new crowd of people. Still still doing the same kind of tricks, but it was on a new new features, different locations, and not going to the skate park, going to mountains and getting muddy like Year Twelve again, which is always fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and is that why I like something like dark Because that's quite a step up from a little BMX bike and oh, a, and a box jump. Yeah. How <laughs> a is bit. that like?
1: What was the barrier to entry for that like? For so you? I was so before, like just as I started doing the slope style stuff I got lucky got well, I didn't really get invited I kind of turned up to Loose Fest. A friend of mine was invited and he that Nico asked him if he knew anyone that would be up for riding it and my name was one of the people who got picked so I got to ride Loose Fest for 2 years when it was the full hype of Loose Fest and there wasn't as much politics going in, I'm not going to get into that. Is I that the course it, that had that big hip at the
0: bottom? That course, yeah, the, like, the, the crazy hip. long, yeah. So, they, pack or so they were the
1: original biggest jumps in the Yeats. world. Okay, they're still there. They are still massive, but they're all I think they're all ninety. Well, I think the first one's eighty, then it's ninety, then it's a hundred, then you could go hundred and ten feet on the step down, which was a flat takeoff step down. It was. Obscene.
0: It's that long.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard the figures. I've just seen the videos. So some of the bigger, bigger guys, some of the taller, heavier guys who carry a bit more speed. If they pull up off the step down, they were going 110 foot off the step down because we measured it and spray painted a mark, and everyone was getting to like those boys were getting to 110. Yeah, you were hauling. But wait, back up. Where'd you get the bike? Where did
0: you ride the downhill bike for the first time? Who helped you set it up? Like, you don't just go and jump 100 foot So, after I had being a slow, like a dirt jumper. Well,
1: that's when I was luckily I was still on Mongoose, so they sent me the Mongoose Booter downhill bike, which was quite a uh, I'm gonna use my words carefully. I'm gonna go with agricultural. It was a beast. Like, I don't think I could break it if I tried. It was not going to... I could bottom... <laughs> I, was, I was bottoming it out and just abusing that bike for, like, two years. And it, it just came back kicking every time. It was fine. Um, but, yeah, I had a... So, my friend who rode motocross, Jasper Flashman, who builds all the bike park stuff near near me, it was the guy who got invited. And he's like, okay, we'll set your bike up. Stiff, solid. Luckily, Mongoose hooked me up with a set of Fox 44, so I took those. I had that all set up stiff and just pumped up to the max and put a big heavy spring on the back and didn't touch the brakes and went as fast as I could.
0: And the race is history. Yeah.
1: Someone just towed you in. And you rode behind yeah.
0: Vinko and you're like, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Jumps a jump. Jumps, yeah. Don't, don't go stiff and just relax. And now you love it
0: though. Yeah, like, Darkfest is a big yeah. highlight, huh? Yeah.
1: And it's one of the, it's the one event a year that I would be, I'd rather come to Darkfest than I would go to crankworks. Why? Just, just, there's no pressure. The, vibe,
0: it's vibes, the vibe's different. The vibe's
1: completely different. We're all obviously wanting to do stuff that we've got in our heads that we want to do. Like we've all got a trick list that we want to do or something that we want to accomplish. But that's the only pressure you're putting on yourself. Where at Crankworks, it's a contest. You're competing with each other. You know that you've got to do the best run you can physically do. So I was thinking that. I was
0: going to say <clears throat> it's just an internal pressure if you think you've got a trick in you that you want to maybe mm. do no one really actually knows about it unless you voice it a bit.
1: Yeah. Pretty much.
0: Well, you let slip that there might be a trick, but are you going to tell... Would you, do you tell other people going into this week?
1: Or? I think most people would have an idea of what I'd want to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so.
0: we'll, we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that, even yeah. though this might be after the event, so you might know exactly what we're talking
1: yeah. about. Well, obviously, I tried the, the cash roll on the last feature last year. And I'd love to try and get that to work. Hopefully not break my foot, knock on wood. Um, there's a few things I want to do. I've got a different bike this year, which is a little bit more free ride friendly. So some definitely some tricks can happen that I definitely wouldn't have wanted to do the first year I was here anyway. And that's
0: just something you have inside you. Like, I think I can do this. I want to push myself. Like, yeah. no,
1: one no one is no one, telling you to no. do it. It's not because no, you're no, not going to get any pressure. sponsors. Yeah. It's just like an Not going to get pressure thing. from the event. Like None of, the, none of like Sam or... Sea Dog or Ryan or anyone's gonna be like, yeah, you've got to go do this. It's like, whatever you feel comfortable doing, you can do it. If you want to sit out for a day and not ride because you're tired, no pressure on you.
0: Right, this is an exciting moment. We interrupt the normal podcast for a catch up with Tom Eisted who not only opened the 110, he's just done something
1: very special. How far was that? Um, So I managed to break two world records in one jump. So I broke the longest jump ever on a mountain bike, which originally was 119 feet. And I broke the longest backflip ever on a mountain bike. And I went 120 feet. Just so everyone understands that, he did that in
0: one jump. He backflipped it and he just went as far as any human has ever gone dirt to dirt. Is that what it is, officially?
1: Um, Yeah, dirt to dirt, yeah. The only one that's ever gone longer is Widmer, which was a ski jump, and someone did like the proper downhill ski jumps, which don't really count. It's not really mountain biking, is it? Okay, what were you thinking?
0: Because most people were done with a session and you called people up, you just felt the conditions were good for it? Because it was kind of gusty as well. I was kind of waiting for a
1: tailwind so I can get that extra little bit of a push and it just turned perfectly for me, so got it done. I'm speechless. Give us, give us a bit more. What more do you want, mate? Well,
0: when were you thinking this has to happen? Like, one, just wait. 107 I'll... wasn't enough. It had to go 120.
1: 107 sounds a bit
0: crap. Exactly, I 120. 120.
1: I only wanted to go 110, but I went an extra 10 feet by accident. So I'm not going to take that at all lightly. It's a bit ridiculous, but yeah, that's what happened. Well, we could. History is made.
0: Well, thanks, listeners. That's quite a special little addition to this podcast because we recorded it, as you know, at, who knows? if Five we told days ago. you Six days ago. yeah and uh tom has absolutely lit the dark fest course on fire without a bike sponsor as we talked about it probably has to change right so that was pretty special it was a live on course a couple minutes after he jumped the craziest thing i've ever witnessed in person and uh, back to the episode. Yeah, it's a super unique format. Mm. I like the format. It's super cool because it does breed uh, exciting footage. Mm. Uh, this, some insane stuff happens. Yeah. It just happens organically, I think, yeah. is one word you could it's,
1: use. It's more like having a session at home with your mates at the skate park or either at Jump Spot. Like You all just feed off each other and just get more and more excited. And someone someone ends up doing something stupid. And then you go, oh, I'm going to try something stupid. I'm going to try this. And then it just keeps...
0: So how much is it the vibe versus like the ego if someone lands something
1: like? Well, it's not even that. So bigger one. Like what? What is the fuel? So the first year I came, me and Sam Hodgins had a gentleman's agreement that if I did a cash roll on the step up, he was going to do a cork seven, or if he did a cork seven, I have to do a cash roll. So at some point we were going to have to do that. Like keep each other accountable. Yeah. So you've got to do it if he does it, or you're going to have to pay some kind of weird forfeit. And I did. I managed to get the cash roll around, Then I. Sam was struggling with a tiny bit of speed, so I had to tow him in, so he could slipstream behind me for the cork seven on the step up. But then he got that landed as well. So yeah, it, it's like so it's almost like, a, like bit, a bit. That's a, t- a bit there. Yeah. That's cool. Are there uh, any and, bits and it's a bit. Uh, not yet. I'm sure it will be. But there's a bit of teamwork involved as well. So like, not to be big-headed, we are some of the best free ride our guys. No, you on don't the have planet. to say it. I'll say it. Darkface, <laughs> those are the top. So there's not many people Freaking
0: that can... 0.1% of bike riders yeah. in the world. There's not many people that can even ride the
1: jumps. Yeah. I didn't really want to ride when I got there, but got used to it in the end. But it's more that when you're trying stuff at home and you've got no one to give you any like pointers. Because if you're at home and you're riding, like I don't... There's a couple guys at home that I can ride with that I can get pointers from, but then they live two hours away, three hours away. So a lot of the time it's like you don't really try stuff until they're with you because you then they can look at you and go, I think you just need to do this or do that or you need to pull back more, spin harder. Like we can look at it visually from the outside and go, okay, you're not spinning quite right. Try and do this with your body. Like, but when you I you're did in own...
0: notice that. Hey, like on the step-up stage, someone yeah. will be like... Hey, "Yeah, Someone dude, will be trying to 360. You they're... got it, it's just a bit more speed or just yeah. stay committed. You're like, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong. I just no. need to... Commit harder. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing you guys, which is really cool. Mm. And like you say, they can relate. There might be a guy that can land a certain trick. Yeah. And then they're give to you going you're trying to learn it. So then he can, like yeah. get that. he can give pointers on a cash roll. Yeah. You know, yeah. and someone else can give pointers on a super seat grab or whatever it yeah. is, yeah. right? That is, it is really cool. There's a huge level of camaraderie. Yeah. We're all well, well, like. Like everyone's man. competitive. Otherwise, you wouldn't be the best riders
1: in the world. Like, you yeah. can't ignore that fact. But you all want to see each other like progress and do better, cause then you get excited and want to do better. Yeah, the hype
0: rest. just like so I get to witness you guys and ride a bit, like sneak in there. But just the being around when like a world's first happens mm. or someone lands his trick he's been working on that, that energy is pretty infectious. Yeah. That must bring you back each year. you like, oh, yeah, it's wanna... scary. There's this new jump. Yeah. But the vibe kind of makes up for it.
1: Yeah. But basically, yeah, you just, the stoke level is way too high Which what that the level of stoke is always too high at dark fest it's just <laughs> way too excited way too quickly most of the time
0: that's why you've come early and you're like easing into yeah. a bit of golf knowing if you went there a day early you're going to ride already and then by day one you're already like "Yeah." I remember some of the tricks that happened on like the Monday or the Tuesday I was like guys it's uh we've still got a ways to
1: go here yeah people get excited pretty quickly luckily I'm um, Slightly older now, I can kind of ease myself into it and calm down. But I'm sure I'll get excited again this year.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like age is but a number, and when the when the excitement goes, what um who's probably the vet? I mean, is Sam Reynolds the veteran of that event? Not that just that like he helps put it on or puts it on. Like Vink age one, I think. I know Vink used to be of the older, but now yeah. it's Sam and Sea Dog. I think it's Sam and
1: Sea Dog. Yeah. I think what, Sam's thirty-two now. I think off the top of my head, something like that. He's just just gone into thirties, and he's not full thirties. No, I don't think so. I'm probably up there. As well. I'm thirty now. It's a young guy's sport these days, and I'm one of the older guys.
0: It is really, isn't it? Mm. But it is, and it isn't, because if you can use your experience, yeah, and you're still motivated, yeah.
1: I've been doing it for five
0: years. So. I was going to say that. I was going to say how many? So five years mountain biking. Well.
1: There's a bit of an overlap, but like full-time, five years. for. See, that's cool
0: there. So you still will have that high Mm. motivation. Someone at normal age of 30 has been doing it since, they 17, 18. Depends when you get on the circuit. Like Cade and Kale's been doing it since they're like 13, 14. Yeah, but
1: they're they're just ridiculously good at biking and love it too much. It's insane. Generally think Cade Edwards is the best bike rider on the planet.
0: Well, you you brought it up. It's definitely a topic that comes up.
1: The I've, I was riding downhill with him in New Zealand last month and I can't I couldn't keep up with him. Went w World Cup pace. Then you go to the Dry like, Gorge Road and he's doing knacks and like three tucks on some of the gnarliest like trails line you've ever seen. Then you go comes the Dark Fest and flip fifty foot jumps and do the biggest whips you've ever seen in your life. Like, from even riding BMX at home as well. Like he can ride anything at an extremely high level it's yeah there's there's, just playing there's a lot of people
0: in like all-round bike handling capability like world's best there's Mm -hmm. a hell of a lot but if you do narrow it down to actually if you force them to do different like competitive events his name keeps coming up Mm. you know brage can ride the wheels off any type of bike right yeah because we did it with sven like few podcasts yeah but ago. are you
1: going to catch Braggy doing opposite three opposite tailwind no you're not
0: so then Vores <laughs> was probably like the the beginning of that right mm. do, you, do you know of Kurt Vores much
1: I know of the name I've never
0: really yeah so he's like before your time Yeah, he's like before mine he was like the type of guy that brought bar spins and 360s to like Okay. Oh, Kurt, Kurt yeah 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 sorry right? I didn't know, yeah I know Kurt, like yeah. I would get a video in the off season and he would do a bar spin I was like a bar spin right brakes coming off and I'd learn a bar spin yeah and learn some tricks like in my spare time, um, and then he could go do like slope style, do free ride, and then decide to go back to World Cup downhill and get top tens. And stuff. Mm. he was like at the beginning of that. so incredible all-round. But in this day and age, it's just, I don't know, comment below or send us messages, like, who else can you force to go to Dark fest?" And he'll hang. Yeah, forced to do a, I mean, if you force him to do a slope style, he might hang. I generally, think if he went to... Like, he's uh, going to do top
1: 10? Top I, 14? I, yeah, I reckon if he went to, like, an F&B gold event, he could definitely get, like, a top 10 easily in FB yeah. gold. Diamond, I don't know, because I've never really seen him ride really big jumps on a slopestyle bike. Yeah. So I don't know what that would be. So I guess I him, to I if you
0: gave him time. Yeah,
1: after bullying him to come and try my jumps and see yeah. what he's like. I think, if you, I think he'd hang.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he would hang. And then, yeah, if he focuses, which it sounds like he's given Daniel still, like, proper focus... Mm. And he, I he always still, say like for me, he just needs to like bring it down to a mild panic. Yeah. Well, he's only because he's twenty three. He's he can do top ten at World yeah, Cups. Yeah. He's as still
1: well. got so much time.
0: So much time. It's I'm actually royally jealous. Like if I had that much talent to just yeah. do that sort of stuff, it'd be incredible. Yeah.
1: I don't give him pointers anymore on tricks because it's just not fair. Not fit? No, he does them too easily. I don't give him <laughs> pointers anymore. <laughs> you're like, hang on. Yeah, you're too good already. You don't need any more pointers. Like, we went and rode the OG dirt jump spot in the UK last year. Was it last year or year four? Lymington, And he was struggling with, I think it was like three down whips. I was like, just just give the bike a little bit more of a push off the lip. And then by the end of the day, he's doing three, bar, three down whip to bar spins. I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. I can't do that. And you're a Wildcat racer. Sound. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you can't actually put him in a box anymore. No.
1: no. He's taken the well, box and destroyed it and ripped it up and
0: Well let's hope his head doesn't get too big after fuck if he listens to any of the podcasts <laughs> he's always harping on about it. But he has earned it. It is yeah. really cool to see and he's mm. he's fun to be
1: around, yeah. you know. And Yeah, it's um what's I forgot what the word is now, it's like um infectious. Yeah. Being around. It, but it
0: is. I mean I remember I think last year I got there... think you guys had already started riding and then i just look around and i think the day before he's telling me how he's focused on world cup racing and this and that i'm like yeah it's hard for him to focus on one thing you Mm. almost don't want him to it's like brendan back in the day like just focus on the racing a bit more and then he's off doing rampage and then i just see this guy flying through the air backwards he's trying a 360 and it went wrong so he's just jumped Mm. off midair on those big moon senders
1: and he doesn't yeah, he loves does. a crash he's good at it he seems to be quite handles it quite well He's half. I think he's half cat he can, always gets back to his feet somehow can you get good at crashing or do you think oh, it's natural 100% you get good at crashing you can get good yeah what like you can I'm, get I'm, better I'm, I'll knock on wood again but I'm Jeez, I would say we need to knock on a lot of wood yeah. I would say that I'm quite good at crashing I can always somehow get back to my feet like there's is most, that the goal yeah so you can get to your feet and you feet, can like manage can tuck, the rest of yeah, the roll yeah you can tuck and roll and get out of it a bit more if you're coming out on your head you're always going to end up in. Yeah. A bit of pain. Yeah, you or get like a to... shoulder or yeah. something.
0: So you guys always try, like, flick your body around.
1: Yeah. You just
0: got to try and get back to your feet. <laughs> I'm not sure the everyday rider has the time or is high enough to get back to their feet. They, no, probably you know, not. Like, Or me either. I'm just just crashing straight to my noggin or something <laughs> else. I'm not
1: high enough in the air. In the air. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I say to kids, well, parents now, when they ask me, what do my kids need to learn? I like, learn to crash. <laughs> but how do you teach that no just ride more crash more, ride well, was, more crash so more. so when i was fuck, i remember, it must be like 10 or 11 i did gymnastics for a couple of years so i learned a lot of my rotational gym like I got on trampoline i could do double flips and three flips and stuff like that on trampoline easily enough but it's always just knowing that you can get back to your feet that something goes wrong okay i've flipped i've i'm trying to backflip i've jumped off I know that I'm not gonna be able to go back forwards. So if I tuck my knees in, Gotta keep I'll, at least, going. I'll at least get back to somewhere I'm gonna land on my feet or my bum or something and get away with it. Just knowing how to get yourself out of the rotations when you start trying.
0: Yeah, but I think self. a lot of that's subconscious, like you say, it's the mm. gymnastic and
1: It's got not not panic, is yeah. the main thing.
0: Yeah, well easier said than done. Mm. So we were chatting and you're you're on a bike that you bought off ebay or where did you buy it yeah 300 pounds off ebay so you've done some of the crazy stuff at dark coming off the third at crankworks yeah. and you're having to buy a bike yep. 300 bucks 300 pounds off you eBay. you've got a smile on your face yeah i mean that to me is like and it's from 2016
1: yeah 2016 giant glory
0: we we thought we were not going to give them any play but I don't care. Anyway, it was the cheapest one at the time. Or, it was the, or just it's the, the size that works. Like yeah, why the size that I or... want.
1: It's the linkage that I kind of like. Just simple, very good. For, for what I want to do, it's super short, super playful. So.
0: Well, you're not going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't think that's right, that you can have the level you're at with the
1: work and the, you know, your following, and you have to buy a bike. Well I, well, I wouldn't say to myself that it's right, but it's what it is at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, maybe I'd say your attitude about it's really good. I mean, it, obviously, nothing you can do about it right no. now. I just think you've got a lot to offer, and the industry, we've got to figure it out, you know. But so, it also it should inspire everyone else, like, don't complain if you don't have the latest bike. No. Here's a guy at the top of the world on a 2016 bike. Yeah. Bought it himself, making, making it work.
1: Yeah. But that's what it is, isn't it? Well... Yeah, I guess... So it doesn't bother you? Well, it does bother me. Like, I would obviously rather be on a brand-new bike that's guaranteed to be good and if I have any issues, I can get replacements and stuff a lot easier. And obviously I'd rather be repping a company that I'm stoked to be repping instead of just a bike that i bought off eBay. Yeah. Even though it's good for YouTube that I'm buying a bike off eBay and doing double flips on it. Good good for the YouTube (laughs) views. Yeah, good for the YouTube views, but obviously you'd rather have a new new bikes and be working with companies we're excited to work with so
0: yeah true well and that level of support like you say yeah. if you break something now where you got gonna find it off ebay again yeah, yeah yeah look it's tough there's uh speaking to hans Ray about it there you know back in the day there was only a few people doing crazy stuff and youtube or freeride. you know now there's a lot more riders doing everything and there's ambassadors and there's there's all sorts so there's a lot more people eating from the pie that has grown and sometimes i think you get into those cycles i mean when i retired the world cup team cycle was not looking good for me so that was one of the reasons mm. i walked away so for you it's like that cycle's probably not looking good right now but if you just keep your head down keep your
1: head down it's something gonna work out Something's right. going to come around hopefully um but yeah i think the old covid issues and bikes being overstocked and people trying to cut budgets and save money left right and center it seems to be at the moment that i just seem to have slipped through the slipped through the cracks i guess so it's obviously i've had offers from companies that want to give me bikes but i don't want to do it for free i think i should be getting paid for what i'm doing so
0: i certainly agree i'll say it for you definitely um the other well the challenge is this niche slope style right hmm. so like yeah when you're on the podium that's great but they're not selling these bikes well I I think I think they're selling the brand like yeah you know certain
1: brands invest in slopestyle and the bike even though they don't sell many production Mm. bikes I think there's I think dirt jump bikes are making a bit of a comeback because you get a lot of people like there's pump tracks popping up everywhere so people are wanting dirt jump bikes or that kind of style of bike again a lot of brands are starting to make them again like you saw like three or four new ones come out last season but it just seems that People obviously are going to, what are you going to want to sell as a bike company? A thousand dollar dirt jump bike or a six thousand dollar trail bike. It's obviously going to be the six thousand dollar trail bike. But if I can get eyes oh, on the brand, new, oh, what bike's he on? Oh, he's on so and so bike. What else do they make? Oh, they make? Oh, that bike looks cool. Go buy a, that trail bike. Or I think that's what we're kind of doing. I agree. Um, it's yeah. the same as downhill.
0: Not everyone buys a downhill bike. No. Certain companies have made revenue from it, but you know, it's like the Formula One. Of, of mountain biking the fastest you can go downhill mm. and then Slopestyle or Darkfest the, the biggest you can jump and then you're right it does filter down mm. you know you're building a brand and like you're on YouTube you're not only going to ride to Slopestyle like no I do you ride the. trail bike. you could ride an e-bike kind of like Pilgrim's done right yeah, and yeah. he's now moved over to a pretty mainstream brand from what was not a mainstream brand mm. for a long time so I kind of agree with that if we if we could get better stock here, because there's pump tracks popping up, I might take you to our new store. Mm. There's a small version of a pump track there as well, Tarmac one. And then there's one not far away. There's a, a massive the one here, isn't there? Quite a big one, yeah. There's a big, big Velo Solution one. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there? there's, yeah. And there's a smaller Velo at this... Um, but because there's no stock of bikes then people aren't aware that those are the bikes that actually work on the pump track. So then yeah. they take their normal mountain bikes and they're like, okay, mm. it's cool, but I'll rather go on the trails. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, you're on the wrong bike for it. Yeah. But I do think we need them to be more cost effective, these jump bikes. Sometimes they're quite expensive it can, yeah. for just a bike I ride on a pump track.
1: Yeah. Well, a couple thousand pounds or thousand dollars or whatever it's going to be for a jump bike that you're going to use for... A pump track's probably not going to be on the top of most people's agendas. I yeah, guess. it's tough for parents. Like, if
0: the mm. kid's getting into racing or XE, but that would be really good for their skill. Now you've got to buy like, another bike. Mm. I oh, know, do for see my pop- parents, it wasn't easy. Back yeah. in the day, we'd have to have a jump bike, a cross country bike, and a downhill bike mm. back then already. Now I'm flipping
1: up. Mm. You have an e bike, you have two different types of trail bike, <laughs> downhill, <laughs> bike. downhill bike, free ride bike, a slalom bike. It's nuts. Yeah. It. That's yes, much.
0: Yeah, that is a bit much. And if you could ride one bike, what do you ride at home then?
1: If I was bike at home would be like a trail bike, like a t like a hundred and sixty mm travel trail bike, I'd probably ride more than anything. What, to go ride in the woods? Well one that can do everything that like can pedal up a hill or take to the bike park and go ride and everything. or it'd just be an e bike just 'cause lazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but lazy
1: yeah lazy but also you just
0: get more bang for your buck. yeah you get you to get, the top quicker you do more fun then, you do
1: more fun and less pedaling which he really likes pedaling apart from roadies
0: yeah i mean i don't i don't think i love pedaling uphill <laughs> i like being fit and healthy but it was just a byproduct to get to the top of the hill yeah. for a lot of us and we're seeing it like the uptake to e-bikes is that people realize they got less time Mm. families, and um, once they convert,
1: it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you'll get six runs in instead of two, and you're not going to be knackered.
0: Yeah, easily. So, yeah, you is clearly a, a proponent of e-bikes.
1: Yeah, I love them. They're brilliant.
0: Yeah, I don't... Yeah. The purists love to hate on them. I'm like, I just like
1: all of they them. They love to hate on them until they ride one. Yeah. You put a purist on, like, an e-bike for a day, and you have, like, three or four of you on e-bikes. Or, or you go out on an e-bike with a purist, and they're on a normal bike and you've done three laps and you've overtaken them and then you put them on an e-bike and they come with you and do the whole thing the smile on their face says it all and you know at some point that year they're going to go and buy one
0: yeah well exactly if you be true to yourself or put a smile on your face and yeah. that's what you're going to unfortunately need to buy my new one my new Lumen it's in the, it's in the garage I'll show it to you after this mm. it's so light it's like half power the TQ motor yeah, yeah, so it takes this thing off the hill and then when you point it downhill it's as light basically as a normal bike mm.
1: Well, I did hear... That's I, the future for the me. The thing is, I did hear a f- quite a funny rumour that one of the, the big YouTube channels, I won't say which ones, did a back-to-back race of a normal bike versus an e-bike down a hill. Motor turned off and the e-bike won. Yeah, well, it it's, can, depending on the trail. Yeah. Well, even though it's heavier, you mean? Even though it's heavier. Just because the weight's lower, it's planted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be able to... Do depending on the trail, Yeah.
0: Um, for sure, once you get a heavy bike up to speed. You see it on downhill. Like, Amore's bike's not the lightest bike on the circuit. I'll tell you that for free.
1: Well, I saw clips of Brendan last year hammering lead into his bottom bracket and Yeah,
0: everyone's trying different things and that's for like handling and stability. Yeah. So once a bike's moving, for sure, you know, acceleration, of course, you want the lightest bike. Yeah. But depending on the downhill track, some of them, you just pedal out the start gate Mm. and off you go. Like, we race in Champeree. There's not a pedal, there's barely a pedal stroke in that whole mountain. So, you just need a bike that's planted and the mm. geometry's right. So yeah, you, I can totally see that depending on the track and and like and, and to your point, this Lumen is a touch heavier than my trail bike for sure. Yeah, but not a full e-bike weight. So it is almost more planted than my mm. trail bike in different scenarios. Yeah,
1: but then you don't have to pedal up a hill as much, which is
0: you still got to pedal a little bit up the hill.
1: But you're gonna that get takes the edge of. But yeah. for
0: me, like. I don't know, I still ride enough and I want to be fit. Mm. Although, let's take that stigma off. You can still be very fit if you only ride an e-bike.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Just
0: depending on the mode or how much effort yeah, yeah. you put in, yeah. you just you, get to
1: the hill quicker. Yeah, if you're going to have it in boost mode, you're not going to get much into it. But if you're going to be an eco and go for Yeah, like a but even boost, boost and you give it a proper go up proper hills, like yeah. you can get a sweat on. Oh, for sure. He's still spinning. He's still going to spin loads, but you're just not going to be doing a four-hour ride. You might do two hours.
0: Yeah, it's probably just keyboard warriors that haven't ridden e-bikes. Yeah, ah, well you, dude, you could still have your normal bike. Well, they are not
1: saying don't have a normal bike. Well, most of the ones who worry about it's all the one. This generally it seems to be the American market because they have a different ruling for riding in the woods because it's got a motor on it. They're not allowed to go into certain trails. In yeah, certain they have lands. a big problem with that. So they're getting a bit awkward on it because obviously they get like the serons and motorbikes. Oh yeah, they go ride the mountain bike trails, but because it's got a motor on it. They still get pulled up, so they can't ride it. Even though it's a pedal-assisted, they're not allowed to ride them on some of the trails in the States. Yeah. Which is the main sticking point for those guys. That's why you get quite a lot of the keyboard warriors from. If you look on pink bike, most of them have got a little US flag next to it, because they're all... Oh, I'll have to look next mm. time. That's
0: funny. Yeah, that would probably annoy me if I couldn't ride it everywhere. Mm. And, like, I don't know, it just gets more people out on bikes. Yeah. What a cool sport.
1: You how, you know? how many, like... 40-year-old guys are now cruising, or guys and girls are cruising on an e-bike. Dude, I'm
0: 38. Why are, you, why are you going to do this?
1: I said 40, so you're, oh, you're still out. Okay, right. I'm 38. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not one,
0: yeah. one of those guys here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i still out cruising and doing loads of laps. They're just on most of them walking on the e-bikes. The best thing
0: in my shop, guys will come in like, right, can we have this debate? I said, what about? No, like the e-bike versus normal debate. I said, I don't think it's a debate. No. Like, what do you want to do? I want to ride. Do you have time? No. Do you enjoy hills? No. I was like, why are we having a debate? Yeah. If you can afford it, they are more expensive, but over time, I think it'll even out. Yeah. And you'll get more. And you're going to have more work. happiness. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh,
1: your f- missus might not be as happy at the price tag, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely a little bit more. I think, I mean, it'll probably level off a little bit, but you've got more technology in it. Well,
1: it's like most, most people buy, well, from what I can tell, buy a bike and then they instantly upgrade it with new handlebars and new stuff. So, why do you need to buy the 10 grand one when you're going to get the same amount of battery power out of the 10 to five grand one and then you're going to kill it out anyway
0: yeah that's fair exactly um well we just said it you're on a 2016 bike mm-hmm. performing yeah. having as much fun so i don't think people should get too wrapped into it depending on their budget but yeah it is it is fun but um what's interesting to me is like chatting to you and okay we talked about this bike thing and i think you're handling it very well and <clears throat> Obviously, like if you can't control troll it, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Put your head down, be as good as you can be. Like they say, there's a saying, you know, it, what is it? If you're that good, they can't ignore you or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So you just fuck, let the riding do the talking, yeah. right? But slope style and free ride versus downhill, we were having a conversation. I don't think that many people are aware how tough the industry is for this kind of niche sport so when you're on a downhill team and you make it to a certain level so you got third right so that's a podium you would 100 percent be on a factory team or if you're private team now you'll be on a factory team next year you yeah. would have had a contract in your email yeah. box already and with that contract comes a salary a bonus schedule those vary depending on you know how you structure that and then they pay your expenses so they say, cool, you're going to all the World Cups, you're going to three crankworks, you can do your national champs, whatever, like it's in the contract. So they set a budget. And then they pay for your flights, they pay for your feud, there's a swan year, right? That's on the downhill world, cross-country world. Yeah. Salary-based sport, we can maybe get into the prize money. It's not a prize money-based sport, even though I think that should be higher. Mm-hmm. Free ride, completely almost opposite. You say there's probably only a handful of guys that have some sort of maybe contract that includes this travel budget and expenses yeah
1: so i would, I would say that's the especially for the crank work stuff i would say it's probably 50 50 split for the slope style with the amount of guys that are up and coming kids who are using their life savings to get to the events and then they're not going to get on the podium or they might get on a podium but they're going to be mid-pack and then the prize money doesn't add up so i got third place at crank works and after all the taxes and some other things that i don't really want to get into it just doesn't make sense to me but um i end up with about three thousand pounds from what started off on the check as saying seven and a half thousand dollars which basically covered my flights and my food for that week and i got third place yeah third and if you
0: got some sponsors that have bonuses for that I have, result
1: i have a couple i have one sponsor that gives me bonuses so I'll get like another I think it's a, you don't have to tell me I'm I not I, it's numbers I don't care it's money if I don't tell people then they're not going to realise in the next next generation fair so.
0: enough I think the more we open it up and speak yeah. about it yeah the next generation might yeah exactly yeah. so
1: okay. I, I, I get I think like a thousand I think it's a thousand euros for a third from one company so and then yeah it sometimes doesn't add up no yeah. definitely not And you're risking I know in life a very, and I'm in a very lucky position to be at the events and competing and riding for a job I can't complain, but I'm risking my life for what sometimes seems pennies.
0: Yeah. Well, I just think like it would be really cool if it was more worthwhile, mm. especially getting the results. Um, yeah, like in a meal, they might have a travel budget and a salary and stuff like that. Um, I guess there's just less going around in, mm. in slopestyle, even though it's a big event for at a crankworks or on Red Bull TV. I haven't spoken to about the viewership. I don't mm. know. I, assume it's, I don't know I assume what it gets good. like compared
1: to Rampage and stuff. No. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Look, it's come up a lot a little bit. Like I don't have the exact solution, right? Everyone's doing the best they can. I don't think organizers are greasing their pockets and driving Ferraris. No. And then not paying enough prize money. Like it's it's a big industry mm. challenge at the moment because we've got so many genres. You know, like enduro is a new genre of racing. So when we were in downhill, like, our budget started getting cut because they were like, oh, this is the new best thing. Mm. We sell trail bikes. This is how we're going to market them. Whereas we spoke, there's other ways to market trail bikes. Through downhill, even slopestyle, or building a brand, you know. Um, And then that kind of, I think now the industry noticed, like, it's not the only way to sell a trail bike. Yeah. So the budget's kind of leveled off. And now you're adding ambassadors and...
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know, all sorts of. All I, do, of it, well, I definitely think at the moment it's just everyone's still a bit lackluster after COVID and holding their cards quite close to their chest they don't know what's going to happen with the climate, the yeah. economic y kind of stuff. So hopefully something will come around. No, but I mean,
0: I appreciate chatting about it because I don't think all of us even I'm, know the I'm extent. A, I'm an open book, I'll tell yeah. you, I don't care. There's literally athletes at the top level of the sport losing money going to an event mm-hmm. but getting a podium something has to change mm. As in a general not for Tom Eisted. that does need to change but like in general you'd hope there's a way to change that
1: you think so because
0: like without the athletes there is no event yeah there is no show no without the event organizers there is no event of course without broadcast it doesn't get the reach it needs to get but that's that's a key component that I think needs to be fixed for sure like prize money hasn't increased enough over time mm. And you guys are barely a salary based sport. Downhill you could argue, okay, stop moaning, you get a bonus. Like when yeah. I was on some teams, for third I would get seven thousand dollar bonus. Yeah. First ten thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. From one sponsor. And then they want me maybe have a few personal sponsors and then it can add up. So that prize money was just money you didn't care about, you spent it in the bar. Yeah. yeah. But for you guys it's not the case.
1: No. Depends on depends on some of the riders. I know some of the other guys get Obviously, a bigger, bigger chunk of the yeah. pie. But for some of the up-and-comers and myself, I know it's definitely a little bit harder.
0: What do you, what do you think realistically we could try change, or what would help?
1: I generally think with just with the prize money stuff, it needs to be one set currency because they do it in New Zealand when we're in New Zealand, and obviously New Zealand dollars a lot less than euros or yeah. American dollars. It's like half. <laughs> But they still it still looks good on the check for them because they say six about well, seven and a half thousand dollars on my check when it comes to it actually being converted into euros it's or or pounds yeah that <coughs> would a be, lot less. that would
0: certainly help I wonder like at to what level like I said I don't know the balance sheet right mm. but like who should get at least their expenses paid like fifth tenth maybe like the top ten in the world should at least get enough money if they were well, having to pay themselves there. Because they, they get you, let's... So I they look at get you a like, hotel. Yes, they, they do, do give you they a They do platform. give us, they, we get a so lot, So this yeah. is not a they're bitching
1: not, session. No, no. The one thing that I find, so for how I look at it, I look at it slightly different to some people, is that obviously the top 10 guys in the world, top six guys, whatever it's going to be, obviously deserve what they're going to be getting. But then they've got travel from companies that are going to pay for them to be there. The up-and-coming kids who are trying to, who are going to be the next generation aren't getting that why are they not being supported why are they not going to get okay you're not getting paid a hundred thousand euros a year we'll help you get to the event we'll subsidize some of your costs to get you there because it does like you've got to go to new zealand last month wait a month and go to australia for cans and those flights at the moment are like nearly two and a half thousand euros is it each yeah. so how how many 18 year old kids do you know that are self-funding five grand for two events and that's just on flights before you've got to pay for your food and breakfast and everything else yeah i wonder
0: if they even know like how much (coughs) just having food cover would like help Mm -hmm. i don't even know if that discussion has happened that
1: they'd go shucks that is quite big (laughs) to you yeah it happens but they don't sometimes it just doesn't some of some events it does happen, and they organize it amazingly and you get breakfast and dinners and lunch and everything organized and then sometimes you just get there and they're like yeah cool there's your hotel and you don't get any other spot when you're trying to compete at the highest level and you've got to be worrying about worrying about where am I gonna go for lunch and is there a restaurant that's not gonna be a thousand euros a hundred euros per meal?
0: Yeah, it all adds up. Mm. I don't even know where to start with mm. solving it, you mm. know? It's a hard one. It's super hard. Obviously mm. the brands, um, they decide who they invest in and then they use that for marketing, so that's part of their mm. budget. And then the event, like I guess they'll be. Like, well, if you're not happy, the next kid's happy yeah. to. Uh, yeah. There's always ask someone else. Parent for a loan, or yeah.
1: there's always someone else on the. He's willing to ride, so you got to just get on with it.
0: It's just super cutthroat, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's crazy, yeah. It's just always kind of been like that. But it'd be cool to see some change. And I and I, like I said, I'm not shit talking. I have people on that make. We all have opinions. Yeah. But I think we're bringing. Some oh yeah, absolute, definitely. Just opinions. I think just, if you only have an opinion and don't try for a solution that's not a good place no. either right so my solution would be somehow to find ways to maybe supply like you say subsidize some of the flight or is there a way to go to the tourist board and mm. say do you have connections with airlines can you guys get discounted flights yeah for 10 athletes mm-hmm that would be cool. I don't know if it's possible, but there's a potential solution. Yeah, we don't care. Can we you don't... use your network, which yeah. is bigger than ours? Yeah, you're working with the tourism board of New Zealand for Innsbruck. Yeah, you know, or Innsbruck.
1: Yeah, or Austria, do you or guys have yeah.
0: a contact with Austrian Airlines? Cool. We got ten flights. We're allowed to do a discount. I don't know what it is. You yeah, because yeah. they do get help from the tourism board and the hotels, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be cool to offset some costs. You know.
1: We don't want to be in first class, not that fast. We just want to get there and not be, <laughs> not already be stressing that you've lost half your life savings most of the time.
0: That's tough. Does that mm. does that add to the pressure of performing at the event? It Do does. For, some? Uh,
1: for me For me now, it's just part of it. I think that I know that it's just going to cost me an arm and a leg to go, but I love it that much, so I'm going to keep doing it. But at some point, it gets to the point like you want to buy a house and start planning for the rest of your life, and you're spending house deposit every year on flights to events that it just starts going okay when do I need to well I think top 10 in the world in a sport that
0: is getting millions of views on YouTube like a dark fest mm-hmm. it's getting a hell of a lot of views on Red Bull TV I think it's only fair that you make some sort of positive wage at the end of the mm. year yeah I
1: don't I don't make I wouldn't say I make bad money I'm, I'll tell you, I make for about 40,000 pounds a year but when I'm spending Twelve thousand pounds a year on flights and travel. Yeah, but forty like net or just that's to that's, st- that's, to just, start. That's, that's net. That's like in my bank before ta- before tax. Yeah. So I get twenty. Yeah. And you've 20. taken
0: the expenses off that.
1: That's, a, that's a, all the money that comes in for me is about forty. And okay, then, but then, then, then you're got, still
0: got to take. Then then expenses i got to do my on.
1: expenses out of that as well. So it ends up being probably twelve thousand. Then I get tax on forty to start. So that's twenty percent off that.
0: No, but you get taxed after your expenses. No. Uh, yeah, but only
1: to, a, only to a certain amount. It's weird. I'm not, know, not so. an accountant. No. I'll help you with that. Yeah, it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But. No, no, no.
0: There's uh, different rules in different countries. Yeah. But okay, so whatever, then, give then, or then, take 25-30 yeah. net. Yeah. The but then I've, a, then I've got.
1: Then I've got now currently buy my bikes, as well on top of that. Okay, but what is a manager wage at Tesco's? I don't know. Probably the, about probably around that less than that. I would have thought.
0: Yeah, this is a disconnect, but like it's just, I don't know how to solve it. I'm not complaining. No, I know. I'm making, I'm making,
1: I'm I'm, I'm living the best life I've ever lived. I'm riding my bike free and no, no, it's like like, it's your choice, right?
0: We're just talking about the facts. You've only been like super humble and positive about Mm. everything. I think it's awesome. And I think you could argue you're five years in, Mm. it might take a few years to get to, you know, Sam Reynolds's name is quite household now with running Dark Fist and, and years of Slope Style and yeah. then the Rampage oh okay and your name's going to be more at the top of people's minds after a crankworks after another Dark fist, you know. so it does take time and you've never come across complaining to me no. I'm just looking at the industry as a whole comparing it to down or comparing it to this yeah yeah, yeah yeah it just makes me think and I think there are some solutions somewhere that can make it better hopefully <laughs> or but i mean dude there's other sports even worse have you watched some of those olympic documentaries
1: oh yeah some of them are insane like, have you seen that yeah some of them are don't like don't you go to idea. the
0: olympics if you don't get a medal and you get like fourth like you are losing money in over four years yeah and you're at the top of the sport in like some sort of track and field oh yeah even at like the american
1: level yeah and then you're there's just on this conveyor belt right onto the next one yeah next there's a younger person, oh, it's something I did think about not long ago. It's like if you think about like football, well, soccer, for the rest of the world, um, they they have a quite a short career span, getting paid obscene amounts of money, and then they retire and they drop off, and the next people come in. It, not saying names, not saying anything. You seem like some guys in the mountain bike world seem to be living off their name from ten years ago and still taking some of the biggest contracts that are available because their name was someone or something big five, ten years ago. And that's kind of, for me, sometimes seems like it takes away from the next generation that can start building up.
0: Building a name. Yeah. Yeah, you,
1: you're totally right. Like it, it's um, So some people look at
0: Hans Ray, right? Mm. He's 57. And even me, like I know him well, been in the bar with him, ridden mm. with him. I'm like, shit, he's still doing this. Is he detracting from someone? But after chatting to him, because he's reinvented himself and he's learned where to add value... Yeah he's like selling bikes to a different demographic mm. to someone like you or even I, I'm selling to also a different yeah, demographic, yeah. but you're right. If you're not, there are, I, I think sometimes there are people freeloading though and not, you know, reinventing themselves, seeing where I can add value. They're like, mm. okay, well look, they've earned it. So if the industry's still paying it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what, what do you yeah. do?
1: Fair enough to them. I'm not, I wouldn't, wouldn't say they shouldn't be getting what they're getting because they are legends of the sport sort of thing and they've been around no. forever, but, Sometimes it seems like
0: So like in other the, next sports, ge- the next
1: generation are going to, some of the talent's going to drop off because they just can't afford to do it. Yeah. Because there's just not money in it for them. They're going to have to I go But I mean, again. it's good to no. talk
0: about it because maybe some kids, like, it's not worth it. Mm. Sometimes you've got to know when to cut your losses. Like, there's not even a big enough salary mm. to do it. But well, like, it is like, an incredible life, though, to travel oh, the yeah. world, ride your bike, like,
1: I can't, I wouldn't, you wouldn't, I wouldn't complain.
0: Basically, you would do it for free as well. So. Yeah. That's the other challenge. Yeah. That's also sometimes I hear people say, Why are you com- like Pink Pike, why would you complain? Like you're getting to ride your bike around the world, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. a jealousy thing. It's like, yeah, dude, but he's put his heart and soul into it. He's risking yeah. life and limb. Mm. And you're getting a wage not it's not fair. No. But I don't know, like the broadcast right like in football and stuff, all these teams and like Formula One, you hear so there's all those sponsors, but in the the series because they're selling the TV rights, pay the teams depending on where they finish. Yeah, yeah. And like, if we're not selling enough of that advertising rights, it's not going to come back into the mm. sport. I wonder with ESO and Discovery if the long-term plan, just like it's a different thing, like downhill. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they're going to be able to bring some of that outside industry money
1: in. You'd hope so. It'd be nice if they did. Yeah. It'd be definitely a bit different than being quite the monopoly that it was before you think it'll be uh, I think before it was a bit of a monopoly in terms of it was just one company had the rights to everything and if you don't get on with them or they whatever they said went
0: yeah fair enough yeah everyone's been hating on that but you think like it could be you know change can
1: be good well I think definitely I've, they've definitely stepped up with the crankwork stuff now that, that obviously everyone knows I'm talking about Red Bull that um, they've lost the downhill and they've pumped a lot of money and a lot more focus into the crankwork series because that's their next progression for the watch having downhill and obviously they'll do the hard lines and have more big downhill events through that instead of having the World Cup so obviously going to pump a lot more focus and money into those events Did you notice that
0: on the ground there? Yeah
1: you could definitely tell that they That's were cool. focusing a lot more with the downhill stuff and wanting more media on it and more time spent and they have, there's a lot more photographers and stuff there to make sure everything got captured and everyone was happy but hopefully it doesn't go too far, and they start trying to control it too much because they seem to always want to make the broadcast shorter and because people's attention spans are less and less and if it's even more pressure on us guys competing if it suddenly starts raining and they're like, oh, another wind hold and like we've got to kind of cut the broadcast, we'll get rid of some, like, cut some riders' views, which I you know has happened before with crankworks is that they're oh, go to back break and people's runs wouldn't even get filmed or be broadcast, which is, just gets a bit politics really, isn't it
0: yeah. shame like if you're selling that to your sponsors but mm. then you weren't on the live yeah. you were good enough to be on the live and, and there was like a time well, you, if
1: you're in the contest you'd think they'll broadcast it and they're like oh no we went to advert break and here's the highlights from so and so's video and it's just like cool <laughs> hey at least your sports only 40 seconds long so
0: yeah. I mean I hope our attention's yeah. to be 40 hours <laughs> we're an hour 30 in I wonder if people still listening to this mm. podcasts are interesting though like the retention rate of a podcast have you seen it compared to YouTube
1: Oh, but it's insane! It's quite. I think interesting. it's more because with a podcast, you're just listening to it. People will just put it in headphones and carry on the rest of their day, or they'll go to the gym and do a workout, or have it on while they're just doing normal work around the house, sort of thing.
0: Mm.
1: Not always like driving, You chuck a podcast. Yeah, and you can
0: to do it. it as a secondary activity. Yeah, yeah. Like wash the dishes and listen to yeah, a yeah. podcast, or clean the garage. Yeah, yeah. Drive. So you were open to it, you're like, right, come in early, I want to take in the sights and sounds, let's play some golf, let's do a podcast. Yeah. Not all riders are like that. Do you listen to them yourselves?
1: I I, I listen to quite a few, like I do all the, the just Gypsy Tales, the Motocross stuff, and like obviously Joe Rogan's one of the bigger ones, and then a few of the BMX ones from back in the day. And Yeah? Yeah, I do listen to quite what a few. What do you enjoy about them? I listen to most of them when I'm driving, just because the radio's shocking at home. I don't want to listen to the same four songs on repeat for a full day. I just try and bring in as much information as I can. Yeah. Like I'm at the age now I want to try and learn as much as I can when I'm not doing stuff. So if I yeah. can listen to a podcast and learn some interesting facts about something, especially during the whole COVID stuff, and you could, no one was giving you out proper information from some sources, and some sources were giving you as much information as they could. It's good to. We haven't enjoy. even
0: tackled that topic. I assume you listened to quite a bit of Joe Rogan yeah. during COVID then for some of your yeah, information. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gwyn did as well, to be fair. Uh, so it was pretty cool to see. But mm. yeah, you do you find you're a little wary of sharing some of that stuff, having a
1: following and, and things like that? Oh, definitely. Because if you start getting all politics on Instagram and YouTube and stuff, you get flagged up and stuff and some, some of my sponsors don't want you doing it
0: have you had any conversations with any no, of them no but just all, assume like it's in, I'm in, the same in, I kind of yeah, know like in,
1: like in contracts it says don't get don't be preaching basically don't be trying to force your politics on other people shit I think most human beings should sign that contract mm. eh <laughs> like mm.
0: <laughs> that, that was one of the most interesting times what was one of the better things that happened for you
1: because of but that. The best thing, especially in the UK, we were lucky enough because I was doing a job that was outdoors. I could still kind of just carry on working during the first full lockdown we had at home and having a full summer at home for the first time in 10 years was quite a blessing Why? in you disguise. You could still go really.
0: biking during that like hour yeah, cause it was exercise out, thing. Out,
1: Yeah, and because it's my job, I could just go and ride and it was fine. That's and, incredible. Yeah. So it just carried on as normal, but just obviously it wasn't traveling. But then, the next year, travelled as much as I did on a normal year, but just had to do loads of quarantines. Dude, and how
0: lot. horrendous the hoops you had to jump through.
1: Jump through quite a few hoops, yeah. What did, was
0: the longest quarantine? You did the did, quarantine in New Zealand. I did
1: the two-week in New Zealand, yeah. Two but weeks? Two weeks, and I was only in New Zealand for ten days. Of, before the event, you had to do two weeks in weeks a now. hotel. Yeah, and then I was only free for ten days, and then I had to go home.
0: And then you quarantined on the way back as well, didn't you? No, luckily no. not,
1: no, because it's New the Zealand. Rules were a bit yeah, different. because New Zealand was like there was nothing there they're like okay cool you can just come back in and get on with it
0: at least you had that so you have to sit in a hotel
1: for two weeks two weeks yeah
0: before you go and compete mm. on the world's biggest events that's yep. hilarious
1: eh? and the first thing i did when i got out was went and played golf <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're gonna have a golf podcast why what is it because people must be like what are these dickheads and this golf thing what do you what for you what is it about golf
1: we, I, I'm just competing against myself more than. Well, you're riding, you're riding, you're playing with mates. so It's still just a good laugh and a, having a joke and a giggle. But you're just competing against yourself still, and it's just completely different, like tempo to it. Where obviously riding is flat out, hundred ten percent, your heartbeats maxed out. Where golf is calm, slow yourself down, be relaxed.
0: Well, you, if you're able to do that, it yeah. would be good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely didn't shank it for yesterday.
0: No, I definitely (laughs) didn't have my ankles almost hit off. I um, I think it's one of the most unique things, and only once you've done it or like the the bug is bitten a bit will you understand this comment. Is I think it's one of the few games or sports that in your two hour nine holes or your four hour eighteen, you will have every emotion that you are handed in life. You'll have in that four hour stint. Oh, definitely, yeah. Every emotion. Yeah. Anger, frustration, pure joy, happiness, yeah. contentment.
1: Smugness. Yeah, smug. <laughs> when you outdrive your mate by yeah. 20 yards.
0: Um, and then you will get humbled. You yeah. drive it down the fairway 300 yards and then you get near the green and then you chunk one and you can't hit it one foot. Yeah. And you'll be humbled. The minute you think you've got this game tamed, you just get humbled. And mm. I think in life, if you get complacent or think you've got life mm. tamed, it'll humble you. But until you've played it enough to like, understand like that's what it's designed for, yeah. is to give you all the emotions in a round. Uh, I don't think, and I just think you can never tame it. And for me, I, um, I just started it and then I was like, wow, I, to do this properly, you've got to be, like you said, focused mm. in the present. Like, I can't think about bikes.
1: Oh, no, no, you're fully focused on golf when you're playing yeah. golf. And it just definitely gives you a sense of, um, what's the word? just having to be calm and just how more how focused you have to be on something completely different compared to biking. It just, it's a nice balance. Is the yeah. way i describe it. It's a good balance to have of flat out compared to, i describe it as it's like biking is metal music, golf is classical. Totally. Two completely amazing different things but you need the balance of the two. Do you think you can
0: take some of the golf into... This extreme side, or do you just think like to do what you do, it's just metal? Like uh, you have no, to no. just be metal. No, it definitely. Or do you does. think you can be like, okay, you to know, be, if, it
1: just to be calm and relaxed is the main thing I try and take over from golf. to yeah, yeah. to biking, yeah, you, you see yourself doing that this day, these definitely days. Definitely for slope style, yeah, really. That's have a to weird be able kid. to calm down. Well, what, what's the old uh, quote that from Michael Jordan about golf? Obviously, the basketball player, but now is more of a golfer than a basketball player. That he he learned to go fishing. To learn the patience for golf, is that what he said? Yeah, he learned fishing, so he knew that he could sit there for two hours and not catch a thing, just so he could be patient for golf. (laughs) For that
0: elusive
1: birdie that doesn't always come. Well, you know his his because he's got his own golf course. Yeah, a grove or something. Yeah, he's got. He depends on who he's playing that day. He has the pins placed in certain places on the green. So he, when he's betting with them he, he does not yeah he can work out if he's gonna if he goes oh they struggle with putting or their chip game is gonna be worse he'll get the pin placed in a certain position so it makes it harder for them
0: I've heard he stroke yeah like certain strokes are near the end because he knows like that's normally when the betting and gambling's getting the biggest yeah, yeah. and then he has you know because he's not a scratch he's I don't yeah, know yeah. what he is five or six or four or three I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah he has some help at the end like so Ricky Fowler and stuff so like yeah I can never really get him because he has this help yeah (laughs) at the end of the course i know he's he's, he knows how to make par on that course so it's like a net birdie yeah yeah it's pretty cool like yeah a lot of sportsmen turn to it and i think especially after a career like a jordan i would assume like and myself as well like i'm not going to race people ask will you go race again and that might be the same if i ask you in 10 years oh don't you want to do like a fun local slope style and you might be like no that sounds like pressure and admin Mm. and and for me as well, but the golf brings out that, like, competitiveness to always strive to get better. Yeah.
1: Because you can never tame it. And you can do it. To I'm your... not saying I've tamed biking touchwood. Yeah, yeah. But you can do golf to your 60, yeah, 70. You can and, just... like,
0: I can go riding. Like, we'll yeah. be fine. Like, golf, one day you feel like you can ride darkfest, The next day it doesn't feel like you can get down a flow trail. No. And it's a 24-hour difference in time. Mm. Your body should be the same, but yeah, it's yeah. not.
1: <laughs> Definitely not.
0: But, um, yeah, anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, I
1: mean, it's an addiction as well. Yeah, we're both a bit obsessed with golf. <laughs> yeah. But
0: uh, if you manage it, I think it's a healthy obsession. Yep, I don't definitely. know if my fiance would say the same thing. No.
1: But... Yeah, I don't think the missus is that happy at home with it. <laughs> it's
0: so cool. going That's because it go- takes so long. That's oh problem.
1: yeah, problem. And they know we get stuck at the bar afterwards for an hour.
0: No. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, yeah, true. They do that. The I'm every, still on the 13th every, hole. every game of golf takes six hours
0: exactly have you heard that joke in
1: lockdown
0: (laughs) guys (laughs) whatever you do do not go home after four hours just because the bar's closed golf takes six to seven hours sit in the car (laughs) how's (laughs) it going very slow i'm still on the 13th team. (laughs) (laughs) that's great and um we spoke a little bit like do you you've thought already about like slope style longevity like
1: yeah, I definitely know that I'm at the... Well, I was the oldest guy at Rotorua. Really? Yeah, I was the oldest. I, was, I think there's one guy... Oh, Simon Godjack would have been older than me if he was there, but he had, he had other things he had to do, so he couldn't come, sadly. I love watching Simon ride. Mm. Um, but I definitely can see myself moving towards the big bike stuff, like the Proving Grounds or even potentially Rampage if I could get an invite for that. But definitely, You do. fancy that? Like yeah. a new challenge like that? Definitely, yeah, it'd be a nice change. And obviously the big bike stuff's... Seems to be where I, I seems to do well at anyway, so definitely be a fun, fun change.
0: Well, we might have to get you a big bike sponsor then. Just, if, just a bike sponsor. I don't sponsor. know if the bike's gonna last all these events. <laughs> hopefully. luckily <laughs> I'm not the heaviest guy, so
1: they don't take that much of Well, what do you weigh? Seventy kg.
0: You lighter. You are literally lighter than me. Mm. There's only a few people in biking. You're biking.
1: six foot two, though. I'm only like four foot.
0: One eight five centimeters. Is that? I think six, six foot. One? Six, yeah, six two. one,
1: six two.
0: I don't know how to do the conversion. I'm how many either. stone are you?
1: Uh, I am about. T- do like you even bang know? on? T- bang on like ten stone.
0: Or like what? Is that the most pointless? Measurement oh yeah. Who? Who? World? Yeah. Like which stone? How much is the yeah, stone? Which- weigh? <laughs> Where would you find the stone? What's
1: it? What do you mean? Yeah. Granite stone. Yeah. Sandstone could be anything, different weights, who knows. Yeah, Point- <laughs> it is a pointless old British thing, definitely.
0: What else is pointless that the Brits do? Minus tea, I like a good cup of tea.
1: No, that's not pointless.
0: I know, that's what I'm saying, minus the
1: tea part. We moan a lot, for no reason.
0: You guys fucking do moan.
1: We're good at it, though.
0: You shit hot at it. Yeah. You shit at being negative. <laughs> but there's like a, such a more- level of sarcasm and f- oh, yeah. humour in the moaning. Yeah. My brother should be English. If you hang around my brother enough, you're like, wow, he moans. But it's like <laughs> funny moans about funny shit as well.
1: Pointless stuff that you know you've got no control over. you just got to moan about like, yeah. like English people moaning about the weather. Yeah. We have no control about, like, we're dude, over We're going to moan over it. The weather's
0: been like this since the dawn of time with yeah. like this shitty mud island. What are, we, yeah. what are we talking about? Hey, I love going to England, so I hope any listeners don't. I'm not shitting on it. Only in summer, though. I love the pub scene. You know the yeah the banter. Like oh yeah. Getting to know Brendan's mates was like. UK banter
1: like, is some of the best. Definitely some of the best banter in the world. Yeah. Like just the most sarcastic. Like nothing is how it seems when you come to UK banter. Like we're never nice to each other. No. It's always you can never like oh that was cool. It's like, you know, if
0: you witness a group of friends that are good at the banter. Yeah. You would wonder if they're friends. Yeah. Be like, Are these? are they enemies why are they even hanging? like why do you guys hang out with each other you're so nasty to each other yeah. but i think it's also good because you like trim each other down to size
1: oh yeah. you, like keep, you keep yourself you, no keep, one no one get big headed when no you're with the boys
0: which is really good and i noticed that around Brendan's mm. stuff and you start poking your head up and it's like <laughs> chop that straight down to size yeah no.
1: no you can't do that you
0: are not anything special no <laughs> Yeah, that's freaking brilliant. I think
1: it's the more funny than I do like because when I go to the comps now, it's like the only UK guy there is usually Chopper, the judge. Yes. And uh, hopefully, you'll get him on at some point soon if he actually answers his emails. Yeah, if he pulls his finger out his yeah. ass. No, we
0: are due. Chopper will happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> um, I think I've got a hell of a lot of respect for him and his his banter is,
1: is wild class. Yeah, he is wild class. So yeah, just like some of the other judges don't understand what we're talking about half the time because it's just. Talking out shit the whole time, and it's just nothing is how it seems.
0: <laughs> but It's good, it keeps survive good, you know. Yeah, yeah, we've said it's moaning or
1: negative, but I think
0: there's always that level of humor to keep things light-hearted like yeah. with the weather so grim.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to joke. Put a it.
0: banter, yeah. give the guy a bit of shit, and off you go for a
1: ride. I get called out on it quite a lot at comps because I moan about the weather, and none of them really understand that I'm just being British. Yeah, they so are just they're doing like, it for the sake of it. Yeah, doing it because it's what you got to do. But I think they've clocked it finally now. <laughs> it took them five years. <laughs> yeah, and then it's
0: like, then the sun comes out. Oh, my gosh, Close. it's
1: so, it's well hot. Yeah.
0: It can't deal with this. I'm like, but you were just moaning about the cold. Yeah. Now you're moaning about the hot. Yeah. Which one, what do you want? Just a moan. And then it's like, oh, it's pretty mediocre this weather. It's yeah. like not really hot enough, not cold enough. <laughs> well,
1: that's brilliant.
0: Right, so you said the future may hold more big bike stuff.
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. I definitely see myself moving down that down that alleyway.
0: That's wicked. And um YouTube for you?
1: I enjoy it. It's I I only do like one a week, so it's not too I don't put too much pressure on myself for it. If i miss a week it's not not the end of the world, I'm not gonna mm. cry about it. But I just kind of try and do content that I would want to watch. Mm. So I'm not just gonna go and build like, oh, we went and tried to jump down. This set of stairs, or jump down. I, I built a kicker. I built like I'm not going to try and do that. I want to do normal riding that I find interesting, and people are going to want to watch.
0: Yeah. So you like try I'm, to be authentic to what you do, yeah. or what you ride. I'm not going. I'm not give some value yeah. to
1: people. Cool. I'm not going to go out of the way to like force a video. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. That was my worry with YouTube. Mm. It's like I didn't wouldn't know how to sustainably mm. keep coming up with content. I
1: don't know. I don't know how. Sam Pilgrim does it. Well, he's just a different kind of human. He is a absolute machine with it. It's insane.
0: Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. He said he'd come on as well, so i definitely pick his brain about that. I've got a lot of respect for because it's a hell of a lot of work that I don't think people know or see, mm. but you would. You've probably hung out with him enough.
1: Oh, it's in yeah, it, the um, amount, amount of times he sat on a laptop is. Is he still edit his own videos? Does it all himself? Yeah. Still. So he gets his. It's his brother's around, right? His little brother films. So he gets Louie in to film. So he's got
0: like another camera. Yeah,
1: so he's got... His, or that, he's got is the the, that is the camera. That is the man. is Louis, And then once it's all filmed, Sam will sit down for four hours straight and edit it. Like the amount of times I've been to contests and we've gone out after the event and partied and then we come back at two, three o'clock in the morning and then he's like, oh, I'm going to go edit for an hour. Yeah, he's and a workhorse. Huh? Yeah, he's a machine with it. It's insane.
0: Yeah, he said he'd come on then he was like, no, he's got to do some extra videos in this week or the week we were going to record because he's going on a trip and then obviously he'll get content on the trip but he probably didn't want to have to edit and upload so yeah, yeah it's a proper full-time gig for him and it's paid off oh, hasn't yeah. it it yeah. really has he yeah. makes some big bang from that hey no. still as much like what is the youtube vibe these days is it more saturated it's, not, it's is the algorithm changing yeah it's definitely
1: what? more saturated with riding content because like sam was one of the only people doing it for ages and now there's. Most of the big UK guys are all doing it. Like Brendan's got a channel, Ollie's got a channel, Matt Jones's yeah. got a channel.
0: Kerr Bernard's doing as well. Reynolds.
1: Fight. Like, there's so many big names that've got it, so it's quite hard to break through. Yeah. Like, I don't put as much pressure on myself. Like, I've not got a massive following on it, but I just try and do content that's I enjoy. And I'd always, especially when it comes, to, like I'm in a lucky position that I go to the Crankworks events and I can film a video. And because I'm not going to over-the-top edit it or go too mad, it's quite raw, kind of just GoPro stuff or the odd dad cam and drone clip. Yeah, and like I can behind edit- the scenes. Yeah, I can edit them up pretty quickly and I'll try and get them out pretty much the same day that I've done it. And then the other boys might take a couple days, couple th- two or three days to get it out because mine's the first one up. It's the only one that someone searches, Crankworks, Rotorua, Slopestyle 2023. My video's the first one at the top. So as long as I can get it up. Quick so enough. what
0: sort of views would those ones get to make so it like worth? What do you need to do to make YouTube somewhat worthwhile? Would you
1: say? Oh, uh, you want depends on how many videos you do a week, sort of thing. But if you're getting like ten thousand views a video, I'm more than happy with that.
0: So and that's so if you do forty thousand views a month, yeah, that's decent. They'll give you a bit of pocket money. Yeah, for you, that? as
1: long as you're monetized and you got all that ticked in the box, which if that sort of viewership you'll be getting anyway, you're gonna get. Like five hundred quid a month extra, oh, that's which cool. it's not like an obscene amount of money. No, but when no, no. when I, all I've got to do is chuck a GoPro on, and you were probably going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to film sponsors. it for yeah, I'm going to film it for Insta clips, and now all I've got to do is film it anyway, and then just talk a little bit to the camera about the course or walk in the course and have a GoPro. It's not that much more admin, and because luckily with a GoPro it stays all in timeline, and then when you put it into the video, you just got to cut the ends of it off and get rid of some of the swear words and some of the other bits. <laughs> It's not, it's not <laughs> too hard to do. Do you put music with it? I do sometimes, depending on what it is. If it's like a really long downhill trail and it's like four minutes of just riding, and you don't really want to hear. No.
0: Where do you find so, the music?
1: There's a couple of websites I pay for one. I think it's Epic Sounds or something. Okay. Someone, literally a company, The Pilgrim told me to get. Yeah, it. and it's yeah. like, I pay like eight pounds a month or something to have be able to use these free. It's free, a free YouTube song. Yeah. But do you like picking the songs? I don't mind. It's, it's another adminy thing to have to go and deal with. So I usually just go, like, I'll spend, like, an evening and just go and find, like, ten songs. Yes. And then I'll use those for, like, a month or two yeah, months. Yeah, like, oh, these are usable. That's yeah. true,
0: like, batch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably... I kind of... Yeah, if I did one... I would do one here and there, and I was like, oh, now i have going to go find the music, like mm-hmm. you say. But if you had ten, just backlog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that song. Now yeah, that
1: works, that works. And yeah, it doesn't matter wicked. if you use the same one in a couple of videos. It's not the end of the world, but... Obviously, no. if you're going to use the same song for every single video, then it's a bit... who'll go, okay, I've had this now.
0: But... Well, wicked, we man. I don't know if there's anything else, but I think we've got another tea time to, <laughs> to get to. But, uh, Priorities. Yeah. yeah, I think it's wicked that you were stoked to come on and... Uh, Thanks for having me. I've had, had a good laugh and some banter on and off the podcast. Yep. So, yeah. Where, where can the, the listeners find you if they haven't come across your...
1: So I'll see Yeah, socials is Instagram just Tom Eisted and then same for YouTube and I think it's generally everything is under Tom Eistad on everything. So Well wicked should, we should be easy to find.
0: Go and uh, by the time this comes out you would have seen some crazy highlights probably from Darkfest, at least some video clips. So give him some love.
1: Tag some bike sponsors out there. <laughs> I think oh, the we, amount I get on, on stuff already is quite funny. Amount, what is it? Well, if I put a video up, people just tag bike companies under most of my Instagram could, stuff now. We should get like
0: a hashtag going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Get, hashtag get Tom a big bike
1: sponsor. Mm, that'd be nice. White, nice
0: right, right, listeners, you know what to do. If you like the episode, leave a review. I read all those. Make sure you follow uh, the show so you don't miss an episode. To the next one. Yeah, peace. Cheers for having me. I've always taken my health very seriously. But I must admit, it's very tough to have a balanced diet every single day, especially when I'm traveling and on the road a lot. Then I found Athletic Greens. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. So what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I've never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. What a mission. So this is the perfect all-in-one solution. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than 1 gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, all while still tasting good. What I find is it's beyond easy to use and that's definitely what I need. All you need to do is mix one scoop of AG1 with water and take it first thing in the morning. After a long flight or travel it is a must for me too. It's that simple. They also make travel packs which I like to take on the road and to events. I notice a big difference when I include AG1 into my routine. I feel more focused and energized to get my day going. I seem to be more alert as well. Let's all be honest. We all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy, which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. Now, I don't care what you do. I think we can all agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by many professional athletes and health experts. To make trying it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'll link it in the show notes as well.